and welcome to Phantom Access. Today's Tuesday, uh, November 11th. I'm your host, Karen, and with me is Jamie, who I'm going to right now. Hi, Hello. Hi Jamie. How Hello. are you? Okay. Sorry for, that, um, <laughs> sorry for that delay, everyone. We had a little, um, a little uh, difficulty there, um, but we're on the air now. Um, we've got a full bunch of stuff to talk about, and uh, AJ, uh, I guess, has been held hopefully up somewhere. Hopefully will be along. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he'll be along uh, shortly, I guess, to, um, uh, to join us and talk about so many things. We've got The Walking Dead, Peripheral, Interview with the Vampire, Quantum Leap, and or American Horror Story, and I don't even know what else we might have. Um, things just pop I just up realized you said Andor, like the show Andor. I thought you were like saying and or. <laughs> and or there. some other and slash or some other things <laughs> could come up. <laughs> yeah. The show Andor. And I watched a ton of television this week trying to get caught up because I was, remember I was behind last week and missed out on some stuff. So AJ better not be watching the World Series. He better uh, <laughs> get sure on this call. I mean, hopefully nothing uh, bad happened, but I mean, I mean, he's probably just got stuck doing something. He's probably just been um, somewhere yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the one thing I did watch, I watched two things that I can talk about real sure. quick before we start while we're waiting. I was going to say, I watched The Devil's Hour with Peter Capaldi, which is on Netflix. It is really good. Um, I did not expect it to be sort of sci-fi-ish. <laughs> it's, got, it's got some, it's got actually a decent amount of sci-fi. I mean, it's like a, it's a murdery, sh- you know, mystery show, but it, it's kind of got a sci-fi twist, and I really like that. Um not sure. I actually want you guys to watch it because I want to talk about the ending, but uh, so I won't do that yet. But uh, but anyway, I think it was okay. it was pretty good. It's it's got a lot of kind of some of the stuff we talk about. And then the other thing I watched, which is completely irrelevant to our show, but I was just going to mention because all I kept saying during it is I think they <laughs> hired writers from a certain other show we watch. Is uh, I saw the new Halloween Halloween Ends. I watched it on Peacock. Oh yeah, so horribly bad. It was so really? bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I know that Halloween is not like great, fantastic, you know, deep writing. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun, crazy, murdery stuff, you know. Um, and and yeah. that's fine. And that's okay. But it, number one was mostly not about Michael Myers, which made no sense to me because this was supposed to be like, you know, the big showdown or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just some of the stuff was a little, a little overly it, it doesn't make sense why they're doing it or the fact that you know he I mean not that he doesn't usually come back to life and, and dumb things but I don't know it just it didn't have enough of Michael Myers and it was like a different movie rather than kind of a continuation it had a lot of a lot of issues I have with it um but that, yeah I, I know that this week not that that really helped I but. I have not seen it but I had heard that the reviews were mixed um, and it's unfortunate because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's my understanding that the, the reboot, uh, you know, with the new um, Halloween and Halloween 2, uh, not really a reboot, but, you know, they're the new yeah. sequel well, that's sort of like, it is. The um, the original, yeah. I'd only seen the first one. Um, have I seen the second one? No, I've seen, yes, I've seen the first two. And they were pretty good, and they were sort of hailed as yeah, being much better and, and fixing a lot of the schlockiness that happened 
in the million sequels in between, right? Um, yeah. So it's too bad that that yeah. wasn't a and, better and, and, you know, movie. It, it's kind of it, it's kind of funny to say though, because like I said, those shows aren't necessarily known for you know making sense. Like I said, like yeah, he's gonna come back no matter what type of thing. So you you know those kind of things are in those kind of movies. But it just what irritated me was most of the movie was about this other character. It was. I almost wondered if they were doing it that they're going to make like a spin-off. Oh, well, that's what I thought. That can't happen. But I had thought maybe they're going to make like a spin-off series or something because they introduced this other character who, you know, uh became kind of one of the one of the the villains of the show. And and I don't know. I just I assumed with the end of the trilogy it was going to be like a big showdown between Laurie and Michael Myers and that's not what it was. I mean, it was too, but it wasn't enough of that. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to, in case people want to see it, I don't want to tell what happens. But um, but anyway, I just, I did not think, it wasn't what I expected. And I found myself laughing a lot. And I feel like, yeah, it's like you said, kind of schlocky, but you're not supposed to be laughing at a murder movie <laughs> the whole time they're killing people. You're not supposed to be laughing. It's, and I don't know. Yeah. It, it was not yeah. great writing. And then this one That's thing that was really f- funny that made me laugh, though, that was so dumb, is that this, this girl who's having an affair with this doctor, when she's calling out to him, she calls him doctor whoever. What person is sleeping with somebody and still calls them doctor that because they work for them, like when they're in, you know, like back at his place? It was really dumb. Oh. It just had like even things like that that don't make sense. Yeah, they weren't like at work trying to uh, hide it. They right. Were. It was like he was on, yeah. I don't want to say a date, but like she went back to his house to sleep with him. And she's like, doctor, I forget what his name is, but she's like calling out to him, doctor, da, 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 like okay, I think you, you're ready to sleep with them and you're still calling him that? It just was weird. <laughs> and that, to me, is yeah. just bad writing. So. Well, it takes you out of the story. It obviously took you out of the story, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. But um, that that was not great. But Devil's, uh, Devil's Hour was good. That I did. All right, I'll check it out. Um, before we jump in, I finally watched Prey this week. Um Prey is the newest entry in the Predator film series, which is available on I have on not Hulu. seen that yet. So it is... I know um, what you mean. I just haven't had a chance. I don't, I don't know if I would call it a sequel or a prequel, but the Predator comes to Earth, and he has come um, to, uh, like, the colonial times of the United States, and most of the film is... Um, centered around people in a in a Native American village, in a, I believe they're Cherokee. Cherokee, I think they are, Comanche, I forget which um which tribe that is not terrible. Um, but they're Native Americans and um there are some like I don't want to say much about it, but it, it like all of their dialogue like so much of their dialogue. Not all Say that again. It's so much what dialogue? I couldn't hear you. Much of the dialogue is in, um, you know, in their native language, um, oh, and then okay. it switches into it switches into English. Um, and so the star is Amber Midthunder, who um, yeah, you yeah, will know as from Roswell. Ro- she's Rosa in Roswell, Mexico, which is also in um, Reservoir Reservation Dogs, um, which is supposed to be a fantastic series that I haven't seen. Um, so I probably watched it, and it was good, and it's worth a watch, I think. Um, okay, cool. I had wanted to see it. I just have not had time. Uh, I, I, I keep you, starting I, other things. <laughs> I have to warn you, a lot of animals get killed because you know how the predator, his thing is he comes and he wants to hunt the biggest predators on the planet that he goes to, right? 
And so he starts out by hunting animals before he discovers that humans are around. Um, so I'm just yeah, okay, you. I won't like it. That's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of CGI animals I'd rather, killed. I'd rather know ahead. Um, um, the other, yeah. I have to say, the other show I started, I was just going to mention, um, and then we might as well start with Walking Dead if AJ's not yeah. going to be here right away, because really it's not like yeah. he talks about Walking Dead anyway. But um, yeah. the other thing is I started um, – it's just funny because I watched Peter Capaldi's theory and now I started David Tennant's series. It wasn't intentional. It's just whatever. Um, Inside Man. I had seen oh, yeah? uh, when he was on uh, Graham Norton talking about it and it looked good. And I thought I was going to have to go to BBC to see it. And then suddenly it's on Netflix. I'm like, well, I got to watch this. And um, he plays a vicar. And um, it's kind of the, the idea of it. It's about a serial killer on death row who helps solve crimes. It's uh, made by, actually, I was going to say the ones who did Sherlock, but actually they did Doctor Who, too. It's Moffat and Sue Virtue. But um, and, but it, part of it is kind of his idea of he's, like, saying that, you know, anybody's capable of murder if you meet the right person. Um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting and kind of you know, twisted. It's also funny. So I, I find some of it funny. It's weird. But I'm only, like, partway through episode two. But it's, like, a short series. So oh, okay. that's also pretty good. All right. Well, I right. want to move on to Walking Dead because he's going to be a yeah. while, I guess, if he's coming. Yeah. So I don't we know might well. Get Hopefully, everything is okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so. uh, no, this is the one with them putting them to work, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So th- this is it. the um, the the train the the train hijacking, the railroad hijacking, and also the work camp. Uh, this episode is entitled yeah, about this is- twenty-two with a big reveal at the end about what is Outpost 22. Um, yeah, this is the new, the far, the, I haven't been further than this. I'm trying to remember, you said there's a big uh, thing at the end, though. I'm trying to remember what the big thing is. I don't remember well, what they, the big reveal is. They get sent oh, to Outpost 22. Okay, that's right. And it turns yeah, out that it's Alexandra. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we knew that, um, that Hornsby had kind of taken it over, but we didn't know what happened to it. Um, so I guess the thing is that she disappeared them. She's sending, making them work. Pamela. Um, so yeah, Pamela. <laughs> so there's, and I'm sorry, I'm still coughing. Um, so there's like, uh, you know, groups of people that she doesn't like, she gets rid of and makes do the work that probably supports the Commonwealth, which kind of makes sense. Um, but she separates them from the children. And now the one thing I want to ask you that was not outright said, but, when they designated, gave uh, Connie another designation, I kind of assumed, and maybe this was wrong to assume, but I assumed because of it's supposed to be bad. I assumed that they were going to kill her because she's deaf and they can't use her as a worker. Did you take it that way, or am I just looking yeah, into well, it differently? No, I mean, I thought they were sending her to the CRM. You think they're the sending her to the CRM? On. Oh, well, I, oh, I just think, I, that. I mean, if you're going to kill her, just kill her. Why are you going to put her on a train, put her in a Jeep, and then put her on That's a train true. and then send her somewhere and kill her? Just like you're going to kill her, just kill That's her. True. Like they kill people all the time, right? Right. So, I, I don't know. I assumed that it wasn't because of what she did. I assumed it was because they think that they can't use her because she's deaf, which is ridiculous. But I figured that that was supposed to be why it was, but they didn't really say. So I don't know. But uh, but yeah, but they're I mean, all person, like, we're going to save her. A person who survived seven years, a deaf person to survive seven years. It <laughs> yeah, I think she'll be fine. 
is obviously lethal and not a person that you would say we can't get it. Like, I just think that, like, well, I think it's more they don't want to deal with it more than anything because they're ignorant. You know what I mean? Like, they'd have to learn how to talk to her and everything. I don't know. That was just for whatever reason. That was kind of what I thought. But I guess she was a pain to her more, though, because she was kind of the one that was trying to uncover everything. And so maybe she knew she wouldn't, um, that she wouldn't let it go. There's also that, which I hadn't thought about. Makes sense. Well, it obviously makes no point, sense, right? I mean, I mean, I yeah. thought they were sending her somewhere for for some reason, because um, if they're going to kill her, they would just kill her. Um, uh, That's a good point. And they, but they could have sent Kelly with her if they needed an interpreter. Although you can't really trust her, right? You need your own interpreter. Presumably, maybe there are deaf people. So I mean, the, the compound was fifty thousand people, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The yeah, there would be some because there. because if I'm Pamela. What's her name? Pamela Martin? Pamela Stevens? I forget her Pamela name. Milton. 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 If I'm Pamela Milton, uh, I would kill all these people. The danger of letting them live is so great. Like, why are you not just killing them all? They're so dangerous, and they... Because I think that she underestimates them. <laughs> I think well, continually. But it's stupid. She underestimates them because the writers make her underestimate them. And so Maggie can yeah. say lines like, Pamela Milton has underestimated us, which she says like four times during this episode, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, letting them live, it, I mean, they, they, she holds them responsible for her son's death, which is stupid because he just fell on a zombie, right? Um, she yeah, holds them, really I mean, they, they killed her right-hand man, Lance. They, they I mean, she's tried... Like, I don't know why you wouldn't either just exile them and just leave them out there and be like, here, take your kids and get the hell out of here, as Carol suggested in the first place, was probably the best plan, right? Um, yeah, I'm just, to her. Just, just, just banish them. <laughs> you should always um, listen to Carol, right? No. Right. Or, or kill – oh, here's AJ. Here, can you hear me, AJ? Your microphone is hot. AJ? What's going on? Oh, I see I AJ some. in the queue. Jimmy, your hand is up. Um, I see AJ on hold. It says hold time zero. He's here. He's live. I can't. All right. Oh, he hung up again. He's having problems maybe with his phone. Yeah, maybe his phone isn't working well. Well, wait um, and see. Um, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, yeah, I just think I have to say- live. Is dumb on her part. No, yeah, and you're obviously, right. Obviously, it's going to come back to haunt her, but there's only two episodes left, right? Yeah, but um, I was going to say, yeah. I do appreciate that they tried to do things a little, little smarter this time, and that Carol's getting smarter, because she's like, I forget who she said said it, but I think she said uh, uh, Connie's sister said it, that she said something like, you can't, you know, what good are you to them if you're dead? You can't save them later. And they're kind of like, we can't just go attack it right away. Um, but obviously they're not going to let it go. And, and, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. Like you said, I agree with the thing about Pamela, but, I mean, at the same time, you're right. They do do what the writers do, but it's a TV show, and if they just have her kill them, then we don't have a TV show. So, you know, to some extent, if they're going to play it out, it's going to go badly for her, I think. I think that's a given. Um, But, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad episode, did you? I mean, I think the other ones were maybe a bit better. But it wasn't was bad. Not a great episode. I mean, it was not the terrible episodes that we've seen in the past, but I thought 
with only like two to go, that more should have happened. Um, that yeah. we had this extended that. thing of hijacking this train and like everybody driving around and then everybody miraculously bumps into each other on the road, of course, right? Yeah. And the Commonwealth yeah, people are like totally inept and can't figure anything out. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the prison. So the prison camp scenes were almost exactly the same thing that happened on Andor this week. Because on Andor, Cassian gets he gets sent to this prison by the Empire, and they're like, "You don't have a name anymore. You have a number. Everybody goes by their number from now on." And then they make them eat this disgusting slop, and and he has to work really hard. And if you don't, and like it was almost exactly the same. I mean, I guess pretty much every prison camp is the same always, right? Um, yeah. That also doesn't again that doesn't make sense to me. Like that Pamela has this prison camp where they seem to be doing. I don't know. Given that the given that the um the Commonwealth has a railroad and they have sophisticated drugs that can put you to sleep and they have hospitals and they they have every they have ice cream like I kind of thought they like, so. <laughs> like, so I thought they'd be I kind of thought they appear to be breaking rocks or picking up sticks or something is their job in this prison in this basically this concentration camp and I kind of thought maybe they'd be working in a factory. I don't know, making ice cream, making bullets, like doing, like, it's a super industrial. Doing something like, that seems more, in, like, important, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't and, know and industrial, right? supposed to be fixing, I don't know if they were just supposed to be fixing the railroad and that it's not done yet. Like, I, I, it wasn't really clear what they were doing. Um, and, I mean, I guess, I guess it didn't matter. I don't know, but I was just going to say, I did kind of like the um, conversation um, between Negan and um, Ezekiel. Yes. That was because he's kind of like, yeah, because he's kind of like, you can hate me, you know, but we need to get out of here and they're not going to listen to me. And he knows that. I mean, he's, Negan plays to his strengths and, and he knows that Ezekiel will, that he needs him to, for them to get out of there. And I like that scene. I thought that was pretty good. Um. Yeah. Well, I also like I like that Ezekiel like finally like nobody ever mentions for the past two seasons. Finally, Ezekiel's like, oh, remember when you like burnt people with the iron and you forced all those women to like fake marry like all the hard, like Ezekiel calls them out. Like no one's mentioned any of that stuff for years on this show, right? Yeah, um, and we complain. But and, yeah. I also never really thought about it until Ezekiel says, I've been avoiding you for, like, for years, years. Um, and I'm like, God, when's the last time they had a scene together? Like, uh, I don't know when the last time those two had a scene together. Um, but he's really – I can't say it's not hard like, to ignore him, though, you know. Avoiding me yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing. I was like, God, um, did, they, did they really did plan they that, or did they uh, – uh, that was I, I thought that was a pretty good scene, although I, I thought it was drained of a little bit of it when when Negan says, Well, I'll do I don't know who I'm gonna get out of here. I need you to make sure you can lead the people and I'm gonna and it, it's implied that Negan is going to sacrifice himself, I think, right? Which, which we know is not gonna happen. Which we know is not gonna happen because we know he has a spin off, right? So I, uh-huh. again, you know, the way the way the AMC Walking Dead machine has, has compromised these these final episodes, um, everyone's got plot armor. Not everyone. I, I don't know why everyone, they right? couldn't just. I mean, I just 
kind of feel like, why couldn't they have waited until the finale to announce the other shows? Like, would it really yeah. have made a difference with people watching them or not watching them? No. They yeah. just, they always want to keep people talking about it, I guess. And it just, it would have made a lot more sense because it's like part of this show. I mean, granted, I'll be honest. I don't like when people be like die. I know that that's part of the show. I'm not good with that. Okay. I never have been. I would rather know when people are going to die ahead, but most people are not like that. And part of what made this show like shocking and everything was when there were big deaths and it's like, you know, half of them aren't going to die. So the stakes yeah. aren't there. Um, yeah. So um, it's, I mean, so, I'm okay with them not dying, but I know probably a lot of people are like it, it, irritated by it. So, yes. Oh, here's AJ. AJ is, how, AJ. Hello, I'm here. AJ's here. Finally, hello. What's happening? Hope everything's okay. I was, I was channeling my inner, inner Jamie. I had technical issues. Okay. Aw. And it was was funny because it was funny because when I couldn't call in, I was like, I'll call in direct. So I set everything up to call in direct, but one of you guys had already started the show, so it it wouldn't let me call in direct. That we can only have one host per show, and I was like, damn it. Yeah, you got to call the the guest number. So then I had to then I had to find then I had to find another way. (laughs) But I'm here finally. (laughs) You made it. Yeah. Aaron started the show. We're just wrapping up The Walking Dead here for a couple of minutes. I heard. Here. Um, Jamie, uh, so I have t- so a lot of people, well, before I say this, what did you think about the ending where it's revealed they're being sent to Outpost 22 and it's Alexandria and they built, so they built this massive wall, like a massive wall has been built around it. It says Outpost 22. I, I have a lot of problems with this plot development. Well, I mean, all they did was said that that acted like that, like Alexandria had no use and everything, and obviously they just wanted to take it from them, probably from the beginning. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about what what I feel about. I mean, I I, I kind of think it's interesting. It came full circle. I don't know that it's necessarily necessary. They're probably doing that because probably within the next couple episodes, our people will take it back. I'm guessing. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think. It's, I mean, I, I I just don't understand the stupidity. First of all, it, I don't understand the stupidity of Pamela Milton that these people are your most dangerous enemies that are trying to take you down, and you send them to a prison camp that is their town they lived in for 10 years, and they're fully familiar with every nook and cranny of it much more than your people. They're obviously going to take it over in, like, two minutes. Well, it's so stupid. Right, but to be stupid. fair, only Connie She's was the worst sent there. They weren't sending all of them no, there. They were I mean, on the bus. Connie wasn't being sent well, there. Nobody no, knew I, where Connie was being sent. Everybody from the prison camp was deported to Outpost 22. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Maybe right? I'm misremembering that. I thought, I don't Every, from what I'm remembering, everybody was at the prison camp except for Connie, who was sent to to Outpost 22, and Maggie and all them followed her, and that's how they mm-hmm. ended up at Alexandria because they heard no. the walk. They used the walkie-talkie. Maybe then I'm misremembering. It's been a while since I've seen it. Well, that's none of those guys knew that. where Connie was going. Like that guy was like, I don't know what happens to people who go to designation two. They're just never seen again. They go someplace far away and they're I know, never I seen again, is what he said. Her designation was the outpost, I was thinking. 
Given that Pamela took over yeah, maybe I'm about, about, I five, about a week ago, right? Like, I don't, uh, it's the most idiotic thing to send them all there. Um, you think only Connie was going there and Maggie and them snuck up on Oh, yeah, because Rosita, like, uh, pretends that she's from the train and they give her instructions how to get to Outpost 22. Right. So the know. ones that are at the prison camp are still at the prison camp. I think that that's two separate yeah. stories. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I'm remembering, that's a separate. It was just Connie right. that was being sent there. We don't Maybe know what. Maybe they sent Rosita to 22. Maybe they sent Rosita to 22. Maybe they sent Rosita to 22 just because it's the closest place. And Rosita's like, I'm being chased. And they were like, here's the direction of 22. is really near you. Go to Outpost 22. That's. Um, yeah, but I think okay. she said something like, that's where such and such was heading. I don't remember what she said. That woman said. All right. Oh, if by that, the way, okay. did you see in the credits the voice who that was? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, Nicole Brown. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing. If Outpost 22 is Alexandria, I would appreciate having a few scenes where Daryl and Rosita are like, wow, this looks really familiar. Like they get to from Ohio, they basically they get from Ohio to Virginia in a day, which I mean you could do a really long day of driving. Um, but yeah, it depends on the part. No one's like, holy shit, we're going back to Alexandria. Oh my god! Like I don't know. I, I just felt it just feels like a totally ludicrous plot development, and it bothers me um, that that's where they're going. Uh, but it will enable them. They know everything about it. They could take it out in five minutes, right? I mean, they probably yeah. know every yeah. – I mean, Carl was sneaking out of that joint since he's been 10 years old. He knew all these secret ways out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So now they so they secret ways in. Yeah. But, I, yeah. Mean, I mean, there's going to be a showdown. We know the good people are going to win, so it's not – I don't know. It's yeah. not surprising to me. It doesn't really irritate me. I just think it's more like they're, like I said, it's kind of coming full circle because they're coming back to that because they're going to take it over. I mean, we know yeah. that. That's yeah. not a surprise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. I know that. I figured, yeah. you know, we figured yeah. to take it back. So yeah. um, it makes sense like Hornsby set yeah. it up, I guess. In my I guess opinion, I just I feel it was uh, overall, I don't know. I guess I feel like this ep- – maybe it bothers me because this episode was slow and there's only two left and they, are like, have a pacing problem, and I felt like they weren't really getting to – I don't want to spend time moving people around a chessboard at this point, right? Also, now next week we're going to have to have a whole episode where Jerry and Aaron get to Alexandria and Lydia and all them, who we haven't seen in, like, three weeks, right? Plus, we're going to have to waste time with some trial back in the Commonwealth. Like, I'm kind of irritated at how all these – are going to come together in two one-hour episodes. And I don't know if yeah, any storyline can really be adequately. Um, this is how many episodes? I thought we said there was 24. Yeah, this was 22, is right? That, was this 21? No, this is So there's three more. This is 21. And the Alpha okay, so was 22. More. Was 21. No, that's <laughs> why. It comes in 21 and was 22. Yeah, so yeah. A, so bunch of, a bunch of – go ahead. A bunch of people online – um, so two things I read online. I read in the TV Fanatic review of this week's episode. They said that if you watch the episode on AMC Plus and if you watch the after the episode, like, you know, talk to the creators, blah, blah, that they do, um, mm-hmm. they mention that Rosie and Gabriel have broken up. 
they have. Yes, apparently, uh, apparently they have broken up, and maybe yeah. And they're like, that's why they're acting like kind of weird around each other. And I'm like, are they? I mean, I thought it was weird that Rosita basically acted like she couldn't fight, which a lot of people online were like, how can Rosita's badass fighter almost get killed by a zombie? Um, oh, you know why? Because they were they were passed out for like 12 hours and no zombies come near them. And then the minute they wake up, the zombies come, right? But of Rosita course. Was. Um, so that was kind of annoying that a big development like that happened off screen. And was never mentioned. Yeah, right? I wouldn't have even known that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not so much that happened off screen. It's that they didn't even tell us. Like, why not yeah. at least, like, mention it? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, so the second thing, I saw a bunch of people in, in the comments in various places and, and, a, and a couple of writers um, said, like, this episode, possibly, this episode is the setup for the Maggie and Negan show Um, because by separating them from their loved ones, is that what the show is going to be? Is it going to be Maggie and Negan? You know, she hates him, but she's got to find Herschel. He's got to find Annie. And they set off together to go find them, which also would make sense because then how do they end up in New York? I don't know, but like on the new show, like, would Maggie really leave Herschel behind, or is the new show going to be Maggie and Negan dragging Herschel around New York, right? So, Herschel, how can Herschel be in the show? Uh, I mean, he could be, but, you know, um, if he's not going to be in the show, then maybe that's the premise. You're right. I guess trying it's to find possible maybe, maybe the kids were taken elsewhere and they're not at the Commonwealth. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Why they would go why it would be New York, I don't know. New York is like the dumbest place to ever go. Like nine million people live in what, like twenty square miles in New York City. It's like it would be the most overwhelming zombie place ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't know why they would go there, but it might explain why they would team up in a sequel. Yeah. In a new show. Like like, because we're every week we're like, why would Maggie and Herschel ever team up? We're, there's nothing on the screen yet to show how they would, right? Like three hours to go, oh, out. and you're just gonna have and, to get over that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. it's never gonna make sense to us. Yeah, they're just that's so. What's yeah, maybe, happen. <laughs> maybe children, pregnant women, get sent somewhere, and they're off to find their love. That's why they team up. Maybe it's to find their loved ones. That's just yeah, online I mean, speculation. Just thought I'd yeah. share it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, uh, so listen. So if, I don't know if you saw the news stories um, in the last like couple of weeks that um, the co-creator and writer of the Rick Grimes Michonne series is the Nigerera. She yeah, co-creator we, with Gimple. He's talked about he's that. He's the showrunner. She's the writer. Did we talk about that? No, we didn't completely, but some, one of you mentioned, I think, that she was going to co-write it. Oh, well, AJ, oh, AJ cool. posted it in chat. AJ posted it to us in our in our chat the other day. That's where I read it. Yeah, I said, what? Excuse me. I keep yawning. Um, AJ, AJ, you know what's funny? Um, you know how chat. yawns are contagious? They're contagious over Zoom, by the way, which is funny. <laughs> it's oh, really yeah. funny. I'm sorry. This <laughs> part of that all was funny. Because we had this conversation mm. in Zoom the one day because everybody kept yawning because one person yawned and then everybody yawned. 
Um, oh, anyway, nice. Uh, but yes, I think it was AJ that 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 put that. But what? AJ revealed cool. that. Question. I mean, I, I don't a little really hope. know what she's like as a writer, but you know, she's an experienced playwright. Uh, yeah, so, but it's a little different than um, television. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, maybe we can move on from The Walking Dead. AJ, we only have three nope, more hours of it, and it'll be off the podcast forever. Oh, and well, no, um, the other, other series. <laughs> and um, Fear the Walking Dead is not coming back this fall. It usually comes back right after. It comes back in the fall, usually right after Walking Dead. And it's not coming back till 2023. Hmm. I did not know that. Interesting. Okay. Um, Alrighty. Okay. Well, let's move Alrighty. on then. Uh, uh, interview? Want to do an interview with the vampire? I thought I had it open. I don't. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, sure. This is a Claudia-focused no, no, episode. I my sorry? This is the Claudia-focused episode, right? Yeah, this is where he reads all the diaries and everything. Yeah, and Claudia like Claudia's like, I'm out of here. And she goes off on her own for a while. Um, so let me I mean, throw it to you guys. Interesting. I think she's an interesting character. Obviously, I don't have, you know, the reservations you guys do, but um, I thought it was kind of interesting to see her go out and that she's definitely – a little, a little overzealous <laughs> at times. But a lot of this story, though, is also about that her meeting the other vampire and getting raped and all that, right? That's part of this storyline. Yeah, that's in this episode also. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of have a... I'm, I mean, I don't want to say I have a problem because he... I mean, he's supposed to, but, like, he goes... Louis, like, it makes sense that he would not who? want who? to. Daniel? So, or uh, sorry, sorry, Daniel. Daniel. Um, mm-hmm. Those Louis, like, wanting to, you know, have those pages and that. And, I mean, I don't think that there's anything odd about him not wanting to relive who essentially became his daughter being raped. Like, the fact that he kept pushing him, like, it was kind of harsh, you know? Like, I totally got that he ripped that. But I can understand that Daniel, as a reporter, is like, you can't hide anything. But he he could have, like, I don't know, given him the, the pages and, like, let him read them. But I guess he threw them away. He doesn't want to, you know, have to tell the story. But I think uh, I think he can figure it out without it. Well, I mean, I, I think he's already totally lied to Daniel once and told this previous set of interviews that were, like, basically the opposite of what really happened. And I think, you know, why, Daniel's like, if you're not going to tell the truth, then why am I here at all? Right? Like, yeah. like, why am I wasting my time if I can't trust you? Or believe you already are a lot, you're total, you're a lying liar. You've already proven a giant liar, and now you want me to believe this, except the parts you want to, like, hide. Yeah. I know, AJ. Yeah, I get from that. AJ. I'm just saying I can understand he doesn't want to relive it, relive it, huh? Well, he didn't. I mean, but I mean, but he's not asking him to relive it. He could have read it in the pages, and Louis never would have had to say anything about it. No, I know, but I mean, if he did honestly destroy the pages, 
he'd have to, you know what I mean? Because he's like, well, you can tell me what happened. You know where, you know, you have remember what happened. And I'm just saying, like, he expected him to, like, recite it was kind of where I was like, that's not going to happen. And I can understand that not happening. Was, was I don't, but I don't understand why Daniel wants all of it. I, I also understand that. AJ? Uh-oh, are we having a microphone problem again? Oh, no. We seem, we seem to not be hearing AJ right now. Um, wait. I thought I heard a little noise. Mm, I didn't hear anything. All right. Well, all right. Maybe one reason I disagree with you is because modern Louie, I, I really don't <laughs> like That's why you couldn't hear me. You, you muted yourself? Why? I, I, I apparently accidentally muted myself. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> not having a good night. <laughs> what is happening to uh, AJ tonight? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's been, it's, been, it's been a couple days. Um, oh. So uh, I don't think what I was saying while I was muted, um, <laughs> I don't think Louie – got rid of the pages. I guarantee he's got them locked up somewhere. I don't think those pages come around again. I think the point of ripping up those pages was for Daniel to prove a point. I think that was, you know, that for that part of the story arc. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and it can be also like, you know, the way Louis tells the story, sometimes it turns out that what you think happened isn't what happened. So it's implied what happened, but it might not be that. And we might not, not ever find out. I mean, it, I don't think it ultimately matters. Uh, I just yeah. want to know who the fuck is who the fuck is Bruce? Really, you introduce a brand new vampire to us for no reason whatsoever. He's not in the book. Yeah. I think it. No, no. I was like, who yeah, the hell is Bruce? Remember, in the book, she's in the body of a five-year-old, and so that kind of seems yeah. not something oh, that would happen in the, in the book. Um, um, yeah. The the biggest thing with the yeah. Claudia storyline is. It's a different type of dynamic um, than a five or ten year old. Obviously, you know they they all have yeah. their own issues. Um, and I I, <laughs> I got to say one thing: whoever's writing this, you know, the people that are writing this, I definitely I definitely tip my hat to them for the one thing uh, when they when I don't know if it's last week or this week when she wonders if she'll ever, if she'll be an eternal virgin, if the skin will grow back down there every time she has sex. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a whole new problem that, you know, 10 year old Claudia and five year old Claudia didn't even think about. That's some true blood. Yeah. There's like a scene where Jessica, she like has that issue. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Oh, there you go. There's the answer. Yeah, that was that was all it made me think of because I, I have oh, I'm, not much, a true, but... I'm not a true blood person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, well, well, go ahead, Karen. I mean, I agree with you on we we need our first like other vampire, and that's who it is. And you know, in the book, when we meet other vampires, it's like much more important and dramatic um, part of the. Of the book, of the story, right? When we meet other vampires. Yeah. Um, I feel like for her to meet this guy, Bruce, I mean, 
Okay, it's important and dramatic that he assaulted her and supposedly raped her. I mean, I agree, AJ, that we're not going to find out, and it kind of doesn't matter, but it's also, like, to show something about Louis. Um, but when we meet other vampires in the novel, um, and we will meet other vampires uh, in this story, but I think maybe not until next year, um, it's a huge deal. Uh and so it little it was kind of he was kind of underwhelming in terms of like meeting the other vampires, yeah. right? We have had we have had Lestat saying other vampires are brutal, uh, you don't want to know them. Um, uh, of course, Louis thinks all people are inferior to him. I mean, Lestat does, right? Um, yeah. So he's introduced and he kind of proves Lestat's point uh, because he's you know a horrible person. Um, no. But. Actually, yeah. I have a question. Because mm-hmm. um, I know how you, I know how you generally feel about these things. Um, but I mean, I want to know how you two felt because I was actually kind of insulted <laughs> for women by that scene simply because why does that always? I mean, why does that always have to be a plot device to move the story forward in one direction or the other? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe it's done so much. That's why I feel this way. But it came out of left field. It had no need. There's a hundred other things that Claudia could have could have ended up dealing with um, to decide to go home. Why does everybody in Hollywood always go to that? And I know I felt I was like, really? I was like, Claudia's badass. You're going to tell me that this punk vampire who isn't really that good. I mean, yeah, he broke her arm. Woohoo. She could break his arm right back. She's, you know, she's vicious. She's vicious. She's a vicious and killer, I, I, yeah. And I feel like he overwhelmed her way too easy for who Claudia is that we've seen in these two episodes. And I just, I know, I know I was kind of like, you know, this, it was unnecessary, it's, I felt. It's, yeah, and it's been done before. Although, I don't know, I feel like it maybe was, to give her a little bit of, to make her a little sympathetic, though, because they've made her like so. Sympathetic. Uh, been pretty, like you said, vicious. I, I wonder if it was more, do you feel a little bad for her? But I, so, I agree, it wasn't necessary. I agree, it wasn't necessary, and it was it was sexual assault as a plot device, which is kind of repugnant. Annoying. Um and that there could have been any other re- number of reasons that drove her home. And, in fact, there weren't many other reasons that drove her home. She was on her own. She she grew up. She learned. She, you know, she read. Mm-hmm. She she heard Louie, like, she could hear Louie crying out for her sometimes when she was nearby, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I thought this episode – I liked her a lot better in this episode than I did previously. I thought this ep- episode yeah, did I mean, make her more sympathetic for other did, reasons. Like, I thought – I thought her spending time on college campuses was brilliant. Um, she's a little young, but can play older, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, Claudia's in the, her 14-year-old body, but she looks a little older, and she can fit in there, and nobody will notice her. And she had access to all those books, and she was reading them, and she really, like, I just thought, like, what we saw was her growing up, like, she's becoming like a... A grown woman, right? Like she, what does she say? She's 104 years. Like a lot of time has gone by. She said she was 104, but that was a lie. She's really it's the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like really only like 10 years have gone by, right? 
Yeah, she's like yeah. 25 or something. Yeah. Um, but she is, I also thought this episode did a better job of helping me to reconcile with, you know, what I didn't really like, kind of agree with Jamie last season. I think I didn't really understand or I was stuck on other vampire mythology, this idea that she can never go, that she's always going through puberty. And I was like, no, she's not. She's going, she's going to be a hundred years old and mature intellectually or whatever. And I kind of really finally understood more what you were saying, which, yeah, she really, she's always going to have, like, physically, she's always going to have, like, raging hormones. Physically, yeah. Um, yeah. And because, I, mean, I feel like puberty isn't only, like, it's not just mentally growing up. It's all those hormones that are going through you, too. And that would yeah. be and I guess, the state she'd be in. <laughs> I, and, like, say. becoming a vampire cures a lot of physical things that you might have, right? But it doesn't, like, ever well, hormones stop. isn't a physical ailment, though. Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. a thing that's a condition that it doesn't stabilize that the way it stabilizes other things or whatever. I, I guess I just finally, like, got more in tune with what this sh- the rules are of this show for Claudia. And so I kind of really came around more on her storyline in a way that I hadn't really, like, been so agreeable about it last week. Um, I, I just thought I really, I really like Claudia a lot more. I mean, it also certainly hope that by the end when Lestat is going insane and trying to kill Louie and she's so hmm. distraught it's like, I mean, I don't want to use the word humanizing, but it's humanizing for her, right? Mm-hmm. That like, could, you know what I mean? Like, like she, she became more sympathetic to me in that way also, that she's, she's more bonded to Louie. Um, I mean, she wanted Louie yeah. to leave with her, right? She had really, in her time away, she really was like, ugh, Lestat, the worst, but Uncle Louie, Daddy Louie, I love him, and I want him to come with me. And she really, um, in this episode, she really articulated very well the things we've been talking about, how this is an abusive marriage. And Lestat is, you know, is a controlling, abusive uh, jerk. Uh, this is not a marriage of equals. It never will be. Does he really love Louie? Does he just, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. He's horrible, mm-hmm. but I, I really, like, she sees it in a way that Louie doesn't, right? Like, she, what, she said things, I forgot well, yeah, she was, like, his love outside. is a prison. Yeah. Exactly. She got away, and she's like, his love is a prison, or he just, I forgot the things she was saying, but I was like, you go, girl, yeah, tell it to, tell it to <laughs> Daddy Louie. Uh so I yeah, have, I, I, I like. I, that you guys are caught up to me now. I didn't realize that you started to say about him yeah. trying to like act like you wanted to kill him. I didn't realize that that was that far. So, yeah, I haven't oh, yeah, seen anyone I I really that came around on her in this. In it was it was a pretty great scene. It was horrible, but it was a pretty great scene. Um, well, and that's the thing. That's the thing. You know about any of this with the changes in the adaptation. You know, it's either either embrace it and go with it or you bitch about it every week. And, you know, I mean, while it's different, it's still good. It's not, you know, it, it's not bad writing. It, it's, it's, yeah. For, for what they've changed, they've done a good job with the writing of change. Whereas oh, some yeah. shows change things and it's for the worse because not because of the change, but because the writing 
they just said, eh, make them say something stupid and, uh, yeah, just go to lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now they live in a hoarder house. Uh, like, it's a, because of all the people that Claudia killed, they had to basically lay low for 10 years and not come out of their house. Yeah. I was a little yeah. unsure why they had to not ever clean or have a housekeeper uh, because it does seem that they occasionally go out and people, it's not like they're fake their own death and they're hiding in the house, right? Like they do, I guess. I thought maybe it was just kind of to show that he, that at least with Louie, that he was like, I don't know, like so distraught he didn't really care about it. And, you know, the stat isn't going to do anything because he's, no, I can't. Well, that was still going out. I think it was mostly Louie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Louis, Louis was, was having like the rat catcher like bring him rats to the door or something, right? But Lestat yeah. was still going. Oh yeah, because Lestat, <laughs> it comes out that Lestat's been having an affair with this woman. Um, yeah. That for a long time. Um, I don't know. I thought it was again, just supposed to be that like Louie was like so depressed and like distraught that she well, wasn't yeah. there that he didn't care about anything else, you know. No, pretty much. It. He just, yeah. you know, the only time he went out was to walk around town going, Claudia, please Claudia. come home, Claudia. Honey, I'm so depressed, Claudia. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, it's actually funny that you say, you know, um, they've been kind of hoarders. Well, as far as his sister, uh, uh, Louis' sister, is concerned he's dead. She put his name on a fucking tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great scene, and I was like, "Good for you." Yeah, and she, you know, you can't. And she's not wrong it. either. No, she's not. She's not. And Louis acts fun. like he loves them, and he's so sad, but he's such a jerk every time he sees them. Right? Yeah. Like he's like, "Oh, I, I miss my family. Look out, I love my sister. I love my family." But he acts like he cannot, like, control his anger every time he sees them. I think she's not wrong. And, you know, and especially mm-hmm. she kind of is like, you're not my brother. You're a devil. You, like, she's, you know, I mean, she doesn't yeah. literally know that he's a vampire, but she knows that he's changed. He's become a very different person. And she saw him blow the doors off the front of the house, right? Yeah. 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 She's not wrong. That was kind of an awesome scene. Um I guess also a convenient way to get her off the show because eventually he's going to, everybody that he knows is going to be dead soon anyway, right? Like his mother's dead. Like eventually time will move on and eventually like outlive all yeah. their human. Yeah. Well, that's what always happens. Time, time always moves uh-huh. on without them. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, say first, really, because, um, so what did you think of the part where Claudia, you know, there's a terrible fight in the house. Um, and and during some of that argument, Claudia says, like, I understand now why you made me. It was to be Louis' sister. I was surprised by that line. Um, yeah, me too. And and you know what, though? I think it, make, it makes sense. Um, in this storyline. Um, because, because you know, in the Jamie, book, 
in the book and the movie, she's made uh, Lestat makes her. Um, well, first of all, Louis, kill, Louis kills Louis. Well, Louis kills her in the in the book, and the movie, and Lestat bring, um, turns her to keep Louis. Like his he Lestat isn't dumb. He plays like he doesn't care and shit, but he knows he's losing Louis in the you know. Uh, in the other iterations, and so he changes. Yeah, he basically changes changes her so that they they you know like as a daughter for them to parent a daughter, um, and it, you know so for for this with her being older and the relationship with his sister, I can see why that actually makes sense. So I, I was it was kind of a pleasant surprise in a way because who who chooses to go out and raise a teenager. Um, but once again, it's still being done. <laughs> it's once again being done by Lestat to keep Louis because Louis slowly slipping away. As it, you know, I mean, they're. I mean, we talk about all the time. Their relationship is so toxic. Um, and Lestat, for as um, conceited as he is. He's also not blind to the fact that he knows that eventually he knows Louis. Be- like in his heart of hearts, he knows Louis is a better person than him, and knows that eventually Louis will get sick of him. And with, and that, that's that's a let's just just say that's a trait of Lestat. <laughs> we'll find out more when they start. What, uh, what I want to know, and, and I know you can't really exactly tell me this because you'd have to read the book, but what I find interesting is is watching this because I'm seeing this version. I have a hard time seeing how this story makes sense if the relationship between them is more like between the lines because it's not actually like out in the book, right? Like it's sort of like subtext. Or am I wrong? At least that's what it's I got super out of the book. But it's all subtext. It's 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 really yeah. all subtextual. It, 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 it's super gay subtext. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it, it's not like hidden. It's not as um, it's not as uh, I can't think of the word I want, but it's it's, it's obvious and subtext. It's not as overt as it is in the in this book, in this in this show. It's more overt in the book. It's there and you and you the lines, but it's not really. Um, uh, it's just not. You know, yeah, I mean this let's, idea. Let's it, it was a different time. You know, remember, she wrote these novels in the early 80s. You yeah. know, so it was a different time where homosexuality was a 70s. thing. But was it the early, was it the mid-70s? Interview, interview came out in like 79, I think. 77, 79, yeah. You okay, yeah, yeah, I know I've right. like been out for a while. Stop making me, Karen, stop making me feel older than I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> It had been out for a while when we read it. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I read it when I was um, nine years old. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, um, that's the point. I read it. I was I, I was know. probably fourteen, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, you know, no, in so, the book, uh, like yeah, in the, the book, it's the all point was it was subtle. Me, but yeah, it's subtle, but it's like powerful that it's like two gay men creating a child to raise together, which was a thing that was like inconceivable probably for gay people. In the seventies, right? Um, mm-hmm. that, right? Like, or exceedingly difficult, and so it was. You know, um, this. I mean, I, it's still inconceivable in the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirty, in New Orleans and the deep south. But yet, like Daniel, I think Daniel says it when he's talking to Louis in, in 
Dubai, he says like, oh, you like had a baby, to, you had a kid to save the marriage, which as AJ just articulated is exactly what Lestat did in this, right? Mm-hmm. He like created, yeah. but so yeah, I really liked the idea that that they showed. I loved how they showed Louis like losing his sister. His sister's like, oh, I I, I basically had you declared dead and buried you, and don't ever talk to me again. Bye. Um, and, <laughs> and and then you know the in a scene short. Well, yeah, but and then you know after that for for um. For Claudia to be like, I get it now. You want I was created to be his sister, which maybe those two didn't even realize it when they, when they, when they did it. But I mean, he loved his sister. He loved his brother. Um. So that's kind of interesting. I thought I thought it was interesting the way. So it, it kind of made sense they put in that scene with the sister. Um, I mean, they could have just never had her on the show again, and it would have been okay, right? Like okay, let's uh, Louis never sees his sister again. It's fine. We don't need to see her again. But like they showed him losing her in that way. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely makes it stronger like that. Yeah. Uh. So I guess um, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I guess Louis is gonna have to stay in his coffin for like nine months to like heal from these injuries, right? Like, like you don't die. But you heal really slow, especially when you won't drink human blood. Like, drinking humans would probably accelerate the healing, right? But if all you'll drink is a yeah. little rat blood now and then, like, it could be, like, yep. it could take for, he's going to be there forever. It could be a while. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, I, loved, I loved the scene when you see Lestat fly. I actually gasped. I was not expecting them to reveal that vampires can fly in that way. Um, when he picked Louie up and, like, yeah. just shot straight up, I went, oh! He flew. <laughs> yeah. That was, awesome. I think that was, for people that didn't know that that's one of the, you know, not all vampires can fly, by the way. Um, right. But the, for them to reveal that like that, I thought that was really well done the way they did it. Plus, that is very old and very experienced and very powerful, more so than, like, he lets on. Um, and that was pretty cool when he flew straight up in the air like that. Um. I watched Talking Dead this week because I, I hate myself uh, and wanted to punish myself <laughs> by making myself watch it. Um, and really, Lauren Cohan was the guest, uh, was one of the guests. Lauren Ridloff also was a guest. I really want to see Lauren Cohan. Although I didn't bother to watch two weeks ago when Redis was on. But anyway, I watched it. And they showed, like, an exclusive clip from next week's episode, um, which, I, it, you know, they show it, but then it, it gets out the next you know, then it's released by MC, I think. I don't think these things are always... I don't know. Did you see it, Jamie, the clip from next week's episode? It's kind of interview. Yeah. Talking Dead has now started... Talking Dead has now started showing clips. Yeah, they started showing clips of interview as well as clips of the next Walking Dead. And the clip they showed of interview is actually... It's actually pretty hilarious. Um... It's pretty. It's a pretty. Uh, is it hilarious? No. Is it a chuckle-worthy scene? Yes. They showed a scene about um, the aftermath of this gigantic fight, and it, it's a pretty good little scene that they showed. Um, well, that's cool. I'll have to look. But no, I watched this weeks ago, so I didn't even think to look for the preview. Well, I don't want to say anything about it because it's probably like one of the you know most fun scenes. But um, 
So before we go, am I the only person who doesn't like modern day Dubai, Louis? I find him like he's so shifty and weird and untrustworthy, and he's got that creepy familiar who's always around, who's like, you know, uh, like what's that guy's name? The guy who's remember. like the but the guy who's the familiar who lets Louis drink him, but he's also like the butler and the social secretary and whatever. And I actually paused my TV screen to see when Daniel's taking his notes and he's writing down about this guy. His name is like, I don't know what his name is. Let's say his name is Ed. He's like, Ed, what's his deal? Where is he from? How old is he? How long has he been around? And then later, they're like, he weighs 138 pounds. And I was like, first of all, I was like, shit, he weighs less than me. Now I'm pissed. Um, but, uh, like, he's skinny, at, but, like, I don't know. It, like, that guy is creepy, and Louie is very, I don't know. I, I find modern Louie not sympathetic, which I guess is the point. I mean, Daniel's not either, right? Daniel's a very abrasive and kind of a jerk. Um, but Louie's a jerk, and Louie does that thing where they're getting in an argument, and he, like, makes you know, Daniel has early he has early stages of Parkinson's, I think, right? And he does that thing yeah. where he makes Daniel's like hand shake uncontrollably. I was like, God, what an ass! What a dick move, right? Yeah. You know, honestly, I haven't given present day Louis much thought, simply because I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know if the entire, you know, because they're supposed to adapt, they've got the rights to adapt all the books. So yeah. I don't know if, like, I, I it's going to, I'm going to have to wait and see how this transpires. Is, are they going to modernize and futurize everything to the point where they pick up, you know, or is everything through this going to be told now as a, uh, flashback type flashback. stories, like you know, like the next, like the next, like the next. I, I know this, you know, inter- interview has a season two. We know that. Um, and then, assuming you know, they are going to move on to what's the the, the novel with that. Um, that and that is, if we're, that is so if we're, you know, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It, it's going to have. I mean, are they going to modernize it? Are they going to um, you know, how are they going to do this? Because, I mean, one of the key factors in that when he wakes up, one of the first things he finds out is that Louis wrote a book or that Louis, you know, yeah. was the inspiration <laughs> for, for a book and it, kind of, and it pisses him off. So, you know, if, if, the, if the book, if now we're in 2022 and the book hasn't been written yet because this is like their third or second interview or something like, does it pick up from, you know, it, it, it changes a it lot of dynamic. It's going to be 2025, yeah. So that's why I don't give present day Louis much thought because if everything is told from a flash, you know, a, a period piece perspective, then the Louis we see in 2022 isn't going to be yeah. the same Louis that we see throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. It's going, you know what I mean? Like there's going to be a progression and yeah. what has happened to Louis if Louis is who he is and they continue from this point, then yeah, Louis is a dick. <laughs> Let, like, yeah. are we going to see how he got to be that way? And I yeah. have a, given the time frame and knowing what I know from the books, I have a theory, which would kind of explain, mm-hmm. which, which I could, could kind of get. But again, 
right. I, that's why I haven't really given that was my long way of explaining why I haven't really given it much thought. All right. Do you think he's a jerk? Quickly? Yeah, somewhat. I think him doing that to him was kind of mean, but I get why he yeah. did it. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we should okay. jump on our next show yep. because we're um, taking a long time. Peripheral, with that. La, la, la. Peripheral or quantum? Let's bang quantum out because it's one episode. Peripheral, we might okay. talk a little bit longer about. I, I think this was the best episode yet. Me too. I, it, I was, and, I was, and it was it might be my favorite. And I still liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, how creepy was it? They, I wonder how many actresses they went through before they found one and said, you look close enough to Linda Blair. <laughs> Cause she did. She definitely, she definitely had a Linda Blair resemblance to her. She did. I she liked did. it. I liked this episode a lot for two really big reasons. First and foremost, Ben figured it all out on his own with no help. It was so great having an episode where he was on his own, um, which is what something I've been complaining he hasn't done enough the whole time. The other thing I really liked and I thought they did a great job with was while the show is stemmed in silent, uh, bleh, phew, wow, stemmed in science, I like that they were able to, at least me, I gave it a thought. I was like, I was like, are they going to go this direction? Because you know, because we do, you know, they even say in the episode that towards the end, Sam started thinking that God was bouncing him around. Um, so is it possible, you know, that this is, is going to be a supernatural type thing? Um, and it did end in science, but the fact that it, it, it was plausible right up until the last minute when Ben started figuring things out. And it turns out that that, that demon ghost, that, that like smoky demon thing we saw throughout the whole episode, which I was wondering how they were going to explain that away. And then they came up with hallucinations. I was like, okay, he hallucinated this smoky demon. Look at things. Turns out that that was Janice trying to get through to him in her imaging chamber the whole time. So I just, I thought it was done really well. What about you guys? Yeah, Jamie, I think so go. too. And yeah, and I agree. Like you wonder, are they going to do like there could? I wondered that too. Like that didn't seem like this. That was this. This was that kind of show. But at the same time, it's still sci-fi. They could go that route. But I like that they didn't. And um, I, I and I agree with AJ. I like that he solved it. Um, and the fact that she's trying to get through it hopefully will be cool. I mean, it seems like it's going to move the storyline along. So. But I agree. I really liked it. I thought it was a fun episode. Um, I agree with you guys. Um, I thought it was like I, I I texted maybe to Jamie or maybe both of you. Like it was surprisingly scary. Like I I thought you know if I hear like oh a uh, uh, quantum leap Halloween episode, you know it, it'll be like is it really gonna be scary? This was like kind of like like not super scary, but like legit a little scary. First of all, you guys know that, like, The Exorcist is my, like, number one thing that I could not possibly watch. Um, and, like, demon demon horror is my most terrifying thing. Um, and I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, plugging my ears and closing my eyes. It wasn't, like, that scary. But it was, like, they did a pretty good job with the voices and the effects, and I thought the script was decent, the story was decent. I mean, early on, 
I was like, oh, well, obviously one of them lost the money. Obviously they drugged him, right? Like it, it does it's not like the hardest thing to figure out. It actually plays very like Agatha Christie in a lot of ways, right? It's like a very like old timey like murder mystery kind of thing, also. Um, but I thought it was like surprisingly scary for 10 p.m. on NBC. Um, I-, I agree with you guys both that I was so happy to see Addison gone. Not that I don't like Addison, but we have AJ vociferously, but all of us have been like, do we wish? Like, Ben had more time to, like, focus on the leap, focus on Ben. Ben has to figure stuff out. This was the first time. There was also way less – there was a better balance of, like, the gang back in the lab in 2022. The balance was better. I'd say they were down to about 20%, 25% instead of, like, 50% of the episode being focused on them. Um, I loved Ian – in the cat, I just love Ian's like clothes and makeup and demeanor and androgynous gig and, and the cat ears and everything. And he made like some dopey cat jokes and, or are they, I shouldn't say he, Ian's probably a they, right? Um, but whatever. Yeah, they, um, um, the actor. yeah, I thought the balance was way better. I love that. So I didn't like the dream sequence of Ben, like, and, like Ben is talking to his subconscious, but it's Addison, and then they make out, right? I was like, I could probably do without that. That was kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, there are many, many ways they could have done Ben talking to his subconscious. I'd love to see him talking to the priest, the actual old white man, or talking to himself, or uh, or just talking to Addison, but not having them make out. I don't know. That was a little bit. I don't know. I mean, we are not watching the show for the ship, right? And so we don't really, like, okay, would it be great for them to have a normal life together? Yes. Do I need to see that? No. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was good. And and the special effect, like, they're putting more money into their smoke monster than, um, than Doctor Who does into some of their effects. I, I don't want to, I, I wasn't going to slam ABC because that was in 2004. Um but yeah, I thought it was all, it's my favorite episode yet. And Janice finally is making a little more sense, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah. I want, I want to know what her, what she, who she's trying to warn her about. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a moment where I was like, you know, when, when, when the, the, the heiress, I forget her name, Linda Blair, um, she says, like, oh, I looked at you and I saw an angel, but it wasn't you. They had dark hair. It was a man with dark hair or whatever. She kind of saw yeah. Ben. Um, and was that because of, for a moment, I was, you know, I was like, what's going on with that? And um, is it because of Janice's interference? Is it because of what? I don't know. That was kind of interesting to me. Um, I, I like when they do little things like that. that it's, it's a throwaway thing, you know? And then she's like, and you have to go now, right? And he's like, what? Like, she, he's like, you know, like, implying mm-hmm. that she knows he's going to leap. And she's like, to Baltimore, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like when they, Quantum Leap does that. At least, you know, the original show did too. Or there's little throwaway things like that that make you go, wait, what was that? And then, you know, it never comes back again. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of like one of those make you think type things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the man of science, belief in God kind of thing, AJ, that you were talking about, so I I liked in the beginning part of it where 
then he's like, I don't believe in this. There's a scientific explanation, blah, blah. And, and Addison's like, well, if you think about it, you are possessing this man's body right now. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but I did like, you know, AJ, so Jamie, AJ talked about how Sam um, came to believe that God maybe played a role in controlling the leaps or whatever. But, you know, in the, in the series finale, AJ, you know, the, it's highly implied that the bartender is God, right? Yeah. You think he was, he that's, that's been, the he might have been God. Yeah. He, he might have not been God, right? But it's not just that Ben came to believe it, but we saw on the screen something to maybe make us believe that also. Right. It's interesting that Ian says it because does that mean Sam left the diary or Sam, like, after that? It means that after that episode, the season finale, well, the season Al. finale that, that I mean, Al. Al knew that he was – Al probably told people that, you know what I mean? Because huh. it's the only – so probably the only way – I mean, Al came back. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's presumably never seen again after that. I don't know. I, hopefully, this is a sign. Maybe this, maybe like with this episode, they've hit their stride, and some of the problems that we have seen, yeah, you hopefully. know, are worked out a little. Hopefully, hopefully, I hope so. It was a, a really. Um, uh, and it aired on Halloween, and I don't know. A lot of shows do a lame Halloween episode. I think they, yeah, it, this was a this was a win. This one, yeah, definitely a good one. All right. Although she forgave her mother, I'm like, she just tried to kill you, and you've already forgiven her. That was a little, a little. She quick, forgave her pretty but, uh, fast, and then the mother's like, "Can you forgive me? Why?" She's like, "That's what I believe in." Um, I mean. That was great, but I think even people of great faith maybe take a little while to be able to do that sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like her, mother, her mother was cheating on her father and then agreed to try to kill her, not even for the money, but she's like, the worst part was when the mother goes, a baby I was forced to have, a marriage, like, like, a ma-, like she, she literally says, like, I was forced to have this baby. She basically is like, I'm trying to kill my daughter because I never wanted her in the first place to me, was sort of the implication there, which is so much worse in some ways than killing you for the money. I hadn't quite thought it through that far, but but still, to be like... She didn't kill her for the money. No, I know, but basically, either way, she's still saying, I had a horrible life because you were my baby and I didn't want to live it and it's not fair, Mm -hmm. so I tried to kill you. Like, that's essentially what she says. She's like, I forgive you. Like, it was... That part I had, I had a little struggle with. Yeah, but, like she um, didn't even want, like, okay, the uncle wanted the money, but the mother just wanted to get away. That's so much yeah. more hurtful in some ways, right? And you're right for the yeah. daughter to be like, I forgive you, like, was pretty quick. Like, maybe she could have said, like, I think I could forgive you someday, or I'm going to try to forgive you, or, uh, yeah, that was, but again, it's NBC at 10 p.m. It's not like we're watching some kind yeah. of, you know. All right. all right. Peripheral. Okay, so I watched all three hours in like a. I watched so, two. And what did you and think, I Karen? One. I think I said to you guys in chat, or I definitely said to Jamie, it was better than I thought it would be. And I know you guys told me it was good. Yeah, so um, you I know that. it's based on a. I know it's based on a William Gibson novel, and so there's a lot there um, to like. 
But I thought it was better. It was. It's not without problems. It's not a total home run, but it, it grabbed me. It interested me. Um, I, I I find Chloe Grace Moretz is so likable on the screen that even though there, are, I think there are problems with Flynn as a character. I just, I mean, I, I'm I, I I've always liked her, and I'm really rooting for her from the jump. Um, you know, I like. I like pretty much all the actors, except for that whoever, like, it's not the actor, but the character of Charisse is a bit of a... Well, but she's supposed to be unlikable, obviously. Yeah, but she's not, she's unlikable, but she's also, like, she's a total cipher right now. There's no there there. She's just, like, a murderous bitch for no reason right now. So I'm looking forward to getting to know a little bit more about her, right? Um, she's an archetype right now. I mean, most, a lot of them are, are, even Flynn is like just an archetype right now and not like her character needs some fleshing out, right? But I liked it. Um, it seems well thought out. Of course, it's a story that was written by, you know, a, a amazing, I mean, the father of cyberpunk, William Gibson, right? Um, I, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I, I did think this last hour had some pacing problems, and maybe they could have cut some of it to make it move a little faster. Um, and the parts that could be cut, I think, are the parts in 20, what is it, 2073, 2093, 99, something like that. The future part of it um, dragged more. Um, the North Carolina town in our, what is it, like 10 years from now kind of, while that plot has some problems yeah, also, exactly. that was that moves a little bit better, right? I don't know. How did you guys – we can I mean, we can come right to the third episode. We have to rehash the first two. Um, um, I, I like the, the, the opening. I thought that was kind of interesting to see that Corval just used to be, you know, a car salesman. And by taking out the biker gang, he kind of, quote, unquote, state <laughs> – which was brilliant. Yeah. I thought that was that was that was a pretty cool way to take him out. Um, and yet, you know, and yet but, sadistic, sick, and sadistic at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, to you know, quote unquote, save the town, and then became the town's new problem. And then you know, he's one of these guys, which is another archetype, where I'm, you know, I'm doing this for the good of the town. Well, yeah, I'm making money, but I look at the town. I look what I'm doing for the town. I, I mean, it's all about the town, you know. I'm a way better um, warlord than the previous warlord. Exactly. Um, you know, I liked it. Uh, we find, you know, and I'm glad they didn't stay with it too long, um, but I liked seeing that uh, Alita and Wilf grew up together, that they were both foster children after the war. Um, so I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Learn a little bit more about the two of them. Um, I felt like Burton, I feel like he jumped the gun going to Corbel to make that deal. Um, I like the way it played out. I thought that was was a pretty pretty great scene between the two of them. But I feel like he he went and did it too soon, especially considering uh, that Flynn told him to wait. (laughs) And when... uh, I know I I know he did it for you know for the sake of the the UI cop um, or the AI cop, but, 
But when he kissed her, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, talk about a long-distance relationship. <laughs> they're, uh, they're 70 years apart. <laughs> yeah, quite. But I liked, I was going to say, though, that scene with him and Corbel, though, like when he kind of shows how they're connected and that and scares the crap out of him. Well, not scares the crap out of him, but tries to scare the crap out of him. I, I enjoyed that scene. Um. And he finds a way around it. I mean, I don't know that it will end up being the best way. And you're right. I think he kind of jumped the gun, but I do like that scene. Well, I mean, Burton, I mean, he's jumping the gun in many ways. Like, Burton is spending money. He's spending all the money. Like, he bought he bought the shop where Flynn works. It's not really clear why. Did he buy that shop so he could print guns? Did he buy that shop so she was going to work? Did he, like, he didn't think that through. Then he gets the car. Flynn's like, what the hell? Everyone in the whole town is going to be like, where'd you get this money? Which is exactly what happened, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she didn't say that, but I think she was thinking that. And then he promises Corbin 200000 a week, which seems like an insane amount of money. And it does seem like more than maybe this company probably, I mean, the money they promised him was to be a beta tester, right? Like, did they promise him $200,000 a week? Really? That's an insane amount, or 200000 credits or whatever they have, right? That's an insane amount of money. Does he really have that? Can he really keep it the way he's spending? Or does he think, like, Flynn's going to solve it, and when the problem is over and the contract is called off, that he won't have to pay anymore? Like, I just – so – this goes to both well, of your point about him jumping the gun. I don't think Burton. I don't think Burton has thought this through in a lot of ways. No, but, uh, but it, have I misunderstood the amount of money absolutely. they're being paid? No, no you're right. I didn't think he got that much money. I thought there was a lower amount than what he seemed to be getting. It didn't make a lot of sense. But correct me if I'm wrong. But he doesn't just tell him that he can't attack him. He tells him to stop other people from killing them too, doesn't he? Like to sort of have him watch out. No, no, no. no he I just not says, take that. No. He says, "I understand." Okay, he goes, "I understand." He says, "I understand that going the the price on our head is nine million dollars. If they didn't offer you at least that much, then clearly they don't think much of you. Um, but here's my counter offer. I give you two hundred thousand a week, and we us. call it even, you know, and not kill us, <laughs> and, and kill that's us. it. You leave you know? my family alone, yeah." Okay, exactly. I was thinking he also told him to watch him because that would have maybe made uh-huh. more sense if he made him more like a guard instead. But, but yeah, I think he jumped the gun. But it was still a good scene. Um, oh, yeah. I love when he said, I'm curious about the stick. <laughs> and then he tells him. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and then he tells him and then he shoots the glass. And, and then Corbin's like, carrot it is. Let's make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You well, know who that it, is. It was right? such... Yeah, who is that? I, I thought it was him, like, through watching this. I finally looked it up. It is. He's, um, and now that I said that, I'm never going to be able to think of his name. But um, that actor um, is from Westworld. He plays the father of the. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. He's, uh, he's Dolores' father. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. Dolores. Well, well Lisa, yeah. Lisa Joy and Nolan and Joy uh, produced this yeah. show. Yeah. 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 Um, so I thought that scene, I mean, that scene was so important because they talk about the haptics and how they work and 
um, and it was kind of frightening the way he describes the way they, the way the Marines recruited them right out of town together because they were already a friend unit and how the heck it's working everything. But it's so important because in in that scene where Wilfred connects with with Swain and he says, "Okay, I, I mean, I didn't love how he's like rub your fingers together, but um, I thought there maybe I, to me that was just not the greatest. I don't know." way to do it. But anyway, it, it helps it helps to really understand and explain something similar to what she's going through when she's connected to Wilf, right? And she feels like it like yeah. the way Burton articulates that connection, he's much more articulate than the way Flynn describes it. Um of course he's had more experience with it. Um yeah. and he later says to her, be careful because that first connection it feels like love. And he's experienced it in a different way. He's experienced it with his military, his best friends, who, and then his military crew, right, military units. Mm-hmm. And he says, it, it feels like love. And then she's like, oh, kind of like maybe misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and one other important thing. Can everybody agree that Jasper is a dunce? Yeah. Which one is Jasper? Oh my God, Jasper is a dunce. The uh, Flynn's a dunce also. Flynn is also a dunce. Well, yeah, she, yeah, like yeah. Burton was right about that. That he never, she never should have told uh, Sally May Sue or whatever the hell her name is. Billy Ann, the worst name of any character. Billy Ann. I mean, yeah, Billy Billy Ann. Like, let's try to think of. Let's try to make them as redneck as possible. Yeah, yeah. give her a name. <laughs> I like um, her though. You'll like her more as the. As the season goes on, I think. I think but, she also well, I, I don't have is like a type and not a person. Like, like I think Flynn is really there's not much to her. She's a type. She's a girl in a dead end town, working on a dead end job, no friends, but has this like incredible skill that men that men exploit. Uh, right, like she. Uh, and I well, think Billy Ann's an archetype. More of a like high Billy Ann's an, an archetype. Like she's just the friend who married young, has a baby with a dopey crime guy who she bullies and just not baby. bullies, but she's. A, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know what? Every time I see her on, every time I see her on screen, I think of, I think of that scene in Sweet Home Alabama where. Reese Witherspoon's friend who was played by, oh, my God, what's her name, that actress? Um, I want to say Melanie Linsky, but that's not who it is, right? Um, and Reese says, you got a baby in a bar? Um, and I feel like that's, like, sort of the Billy Ann character. Even though she doesn't have a baby, she doesn't go to the bar, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm seeing, I just feel like, they went out of their way to try to make this the redneck town that's run by a that's run by a drug lord, and I just, I don't know. I, so I just feel like that whole it is Melanie Linsky, by the way. Um, I just looked her up in that role, but I, I, so I feel like the whole like North Carolina town part is a little bit populated by caricatures a little bit. Um, I do like the character of. Um, his name Connor, the friend who was injured in the war, mm-hmm. who rides that badass unicycle. Connor, right? Yeah, his name's Connor. I mean, he, uh, at first I was like, uh, this character's a problem, but he's turning out to be like a, like a, 
like a badass fighter and maybe the maybe the smartest one out of all these. Like, you know, I mean, Burton's crew, they're great, but they're young and impulsive and maybe, you know, where their heads also, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm just trying to be careful what I say because I don't want to give away Obviously, anything, Flynn but, yeah. is the protagonist, and it's on Flynn to figure it out. Um, and I don't know. So I don't know if you guys agree with me or want to say more about that before I complain about London in the future. I don't want to complain. Um, to me, as much as I just, like, complained about the North Carolina town being, like, the – being like the a little bit too stereotypical and whatever, I do find them to be the more compelling characters. Like the characters in London well, are very cold and very aloof, and we don't really have access to their personalities yet. No, I mean we'll get to learn more about what's going on. But but to be fair, I mean I feel like if this show maybe if they made more it like longer, maybe you'd get more involved. I mean this is a very high concept show, and it's more about the sci-fi, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. I mean, they should have the characters develop, but I feel like maybe they should have made it a little longer. They could have got more into What do you mean by long? Do you mean longer as in more episodes? Like, I don't even yeah, know how many episodes. Well, yeah. Longer episodes or more episodes. Yeah. I think that maybe they well, I mean, the episodes are already, to develop them. I mean, not for them. The episodes are pretty long. I mean, the first episode okay, was more. an hour... The first episode was an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, the last episode yep. was like an hour and 10 minutes. So, I mean, they're... It was way too long. As episodes, as episodes go, okay, they're so long. They should have, maybe they should have had more episodes. <laughs> yes. How yes. many are but, there? Um, yes. Yeah. So much they haven't taken time to develop some of them. Right. And I agree they are kind of stereotypical. But I think that... I don't know. I mean, obviously, the show is more about kind of the the sci-fi part of it than it is about which isn't necessary yeah. i mean like i said that's not an excuse they should have them developed well but they are kind of stereotypical but i, I don't many, know i mean i think if you watch it more you'll like them more i like them more the more i watched it so i don't know I oh, like yeah, no, nobody nobody's saying we don't like it. it we're just saying you know at this stage i mean it's only episode three how many episodes are there eight uh eight yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're we're at episode three. Right. There's I mean, I'm sure. So yeah, episode three. I mean, there's plenty of time for us to get, especially if the episodes stay in about an hour every week, for us to get yeah. to know the you know for the for them to flesh the characters out more. I mean, it's, you know, it's a good little ensemble cast that everybody's so far likable. And when I say likable, I don't mean that I like the person. I mean that I like the character. You know, whether they be quote unquote good or bad. Um yeah. there's no character under there's no character that has hit the screen yet that I'm just like, oh, can this character please get off the screen? You know? Um yeah, they're all I, yeah. I mean it takes time to yeah. takes time to establish everybody. Um I and, yeah, I mean the I story think, itself um, so far is intriguing. So, yeah, I think it's a really yeah. good story. I like And actually I don't know if they're gonna touch on it, but I really want to know whose bright idea it was and how they constructed those huge statues, those huge Greek and Roman or Greek or Roman statues in in, in London. 
I was like, there's that is an awesome idea. I'll just say there's more uh, on that. That's what there I'll is? Say. Cool. That's my answer. That doesn't See, I didn't place. think that was something. They, I didn't. I was afraid that was something they'd never touch on. That was just like an aesthetic it's, thing. But I'm, I mean, I'm happy to hear that. I they built them, per se. But, yeah, they do kind of comment. They talk a bit about the way London looks. I think I think okay, that's cool. the way to answer that without spoiling it. They do talk about the, the that, look oh, that works. See, so I don't know anything well, about. I haven't read the this book. episode. See, it's hard when I've watched them all together. I thought that was in this episode they talked about it. It must be the next episode. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't the read episode. the book, and I have purposely not. not like tried cool. to read anything about the book. But I assume those giant statues are William Gibson creation, and they might be explained because they're probably in the book, in my opinion. Probably. I don't know. I would guess that, but I don't know because I haven't read it either. Um, I am – so, you know, the whole peripheral and the future business or whatever – I mean, whatever's going on there, um, I there was this weirdness this week where Sharice – the the evil mastermind or whatever she is we don't really know right um, where she's talking to her cohort um, the blonde guy right and she makes the floor disappear and you think she's gonna throw him in there and then she walks <laughs> across the floor right that was pretty funny and so I like that scene. it was pretty funny but it made me think like like what's going on here is is are we really in the future? Can they do that? Or are we in a sim and not really in the future? Like, like is that happening in a sim and so she can do that? Or is he a, is he a peripheral and she can make him think that? Like, what was that? What really happened there? I think it was supposed to be just like an illusion, but I don't. I mean. That's, what I, that's how I took it. I, I think, think it is an illusion. But she made him see it, yeah. But what does that mean? How can she I, do that? And can anyone do that? And can like can only can everyone see that? Like what I, what the fuck was that? I think I think I think the floor was still there, but I think she made it transparent. Like we've seen right. that in other like, movies just, and stuff, you know, like it's like it's no, a glass is she floor. A wizard? Or, like is she a wizard? <laughs> runs the building. Like, what the hell? I, I mean She's I probably, kind of took it that she can control things in the building. That's how I took it. Like she yeah, made the like, illusion okay, to try to change things. But how do you make it invisible to the human eye? Like you don't just like 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 I mean, that was too with crazy futuristic right? technology. Hey, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I mean, we've seen that but in other it, things where it, you know it's 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 glass and then like it projects like a floor on it and if you take the projection of the floor off of it then you see what it truly is which is clear glass. Yes, although when I have walked on a plexiglass walkway, I can see it and tell that there's a plexiglass walkway in front of me, right? Like, I mean, yes, but we only, saying, but Karen, but Karen, Karen we only live in 2022. <laughs> there, we're only in 2022. You guys, they're I'm in 2100. There was nobody else there <laughs> except the two of them. There was no one there except the two of them, so we don't really know. I also thought no, about no, the no. character Cerise. I also thought when she kills Doctor, what's her name, the Doctor who's the remix with Alita. Um, yeah. Stupidly, you know, basically signed her death warrant by telling her when she kills her, she she drugs her tea with a pheromone so that a million bees will come and sting her. And she I drank the same tea. The, she did. Or did she not actually drink the tea? I I don't know if she actually drank it. I I have to go back and watch it. 
could be many things going on there. She could be immune to it. She could have dosed the other glass. Who knows? But I felt like it was a very elaborate, like, it was a little bit of like a Batman mustache twirling kind of, like, if you can drug her tea, just drug her tea. Why do you got to drug her tea so that a million bees will come and sting her? Like, it was was actually, yeah, it was a Bond villain move. Right? Yes. Thank you, AJ, it was. Like, if you can drug her tea, just drug her tea and kill her. Or if you can send, like, if, if you're able to send, if you're able to send assassins back in time 70 years, you could have wiped out so much more easily, right? I mean, I know that she yeah. just wanted to come to her and talk to her and find out what she knew, probably before she killed her. And she did find out what she knew, but, like, it, it, it was unnecessarily Howdy. elaborate, right? It's in the book, I'm sure. Answer right? a question for me, because I can't remember if this is in here, and I'm thinking it might be and it might not be. She killed did she have – what conversation did she have with Alita in this? Like, how much did Alita find out? Alita? Well, we, don't, we didn't – she didn't talk to Alita in this episode. Okay, so she, I'm thinking – okay. I'm thinking of flashbacks, and that's what I was trying to figure out if what I'm thinking was in Sharif this comes to her. She has told Alita – I'm sorry, she has given Alita information. I misspoke there. Alita didn't tell her. She told Alita information about the research. Right, we don't know what that information is yet at this point. No. Right, is what I'm no, asking. no. Okay, that's what I was asking. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously that will be – but that's what I didn't want. I wanted to make sure I didn't say anything that didn't happen. Right. Okay. Because that's kind of a big key piece that explains some things that are going on. All right. All right. Well, All right, well, we got we to move along. Yeah, yep. we're we got a couple, two more things to talk about. Karen, so, Karen, all right. Karen and I have, Karen and I have two not as good things to talk about. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's it for me, isn't it? Well, I don't yep. know, but I really, really like Purple. I need to go back. I think. Yeah, I do too. Like, watch the the one you guys are on, so I can kind of refresh my memory where refresh we're at. Memory. <laughs> it's hard to remember what's. Um, it's my understanding that they they release the first six to critics, and then there's two more after that. I think. I think there's eight. Don't it's been a while since I watched it and it's hard to separate which was what episode, so I probably yeah. plan to go back and, and watch it before o- next occupational week. Occupational hazard for Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean you do interviews, you have to. No, and, I know. Um, <laughs> I know. The, the interview the, I did put the interview up that's with um JJ who plays I don't know if he's been in it yet. You haven't mentioned he must not have been in it yet. And the uh, well, uh, I'm not sure how you say your name. Tania, who plays Charisse, um, they kind of okay, talk a bit cool. about their relationship. But anyway, that's up. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm going to then. Um, I will see you guys next right. week. AJ, get your phone fixed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jamie, don't don't forget. Uh, we've got um, manifest next week, so I figure we'll do what two episodes a week of that since they're dropping ten right away. Yeah, yes. I will week. try. I will try to also. You'll have to remind me in text to to refresh my memory on which two those are and what happened because I've already seen all ten. Oh, that's so. right. You've already watched it. Yes, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. So James, ahead of the game. Has any questions for for the showrunner Jeff Break? Um, I'm talking to him tomorrow. Um, but yes, and the uh, the cast uh, interviews will be up within the next couple of days. But cool. yes, I had to. This uh, this one with Jeff yeah. Rake's a post mortem, so I kind of had to had to be caught up. All, yeah. all right, all right. Gotcha. Well, all right. Later. Good night, Have Jamie. Talk to you next week. Good night. Okay. Bye bye. Right. Good night. Good night.
All um, right. Which crappy so, show do you want to talk about first? Uh, I want to talk about Andor, and I would like to know okay. if you were – I know you had some trouble dialing in the beginning. Did you hear me talking about The Walking Dead and how Negan going to the prison camp was basically the exact same plot of Andor this week? No, I did not hear you say that. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> going the same thing. They go to this prison camp, and, like, the guards really mean, and they're like, you don't have a name anymore. You have a number. And you only eat this crappy, white, oatmeal-looking gruel that tastes like crap, and you can never escape. And we, you know, you work hard, and you build stuff all day. You work for 12 hours. You only stop to eat and sleep. It was exactly the same as Andor. So um, yeah. I felt like... I don't know what this show is doing, where it's going, why they're making us watch this episode, how this, uh, yeah, I just, every, uh, it's terrible that every time Cass Andor is on screen, I'm like, can we please get back to Mon Mothma, please? Right? Or Mira. Like the, or Mira, like the whole, the entire, again, once again this week, the Empire was so much more interesting than the Rebels. Mm-hmm. They're not even the Rebels yet, right? But how, but what, how did you like it? What did you like about it? If anything, um, what did you, you not know, like the about biggest, it? The, the biggest thing about the episode for me was I was, like, trying to place this feeling I was getting from it. Like, it had, you know, after a while, I realized it had a very 80s vibe to it. Like, it was very Blade Runner-like. Like, the score was very Blade Runner-like. And, and the voice in the prison... It reminded me of Tron, mm-hmm. you know, that big yeah. booming voice over the loudspeaker. I was like, it's fucking Tron. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like, what I enjoyed, though, was Mira. I, you know, her questioning all of Andor's friends on Phoenix, I thought was, a, you know, it's a great idea, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You know, her conversation with uh, uh, Karn was was great. And she's like, all right, now you're going to go back to your pitiful little life and forget we even talked. <laughs> right. And he's like, but wait a minute, like, I'm so valuable. I'm so great. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. But, um, you know, Mira, she's very smart and she's slowly putting the pieces together. And uh, I love that scene before she questions Bix when she's like, leave him in here. I want her to see him. And then when she comes to the door, she's like, why is he still in here? Get rid of him. You know, like making it seem like she right. didn't want it to see it, but she actually, I thought, yeah. I was like, wow, she, she's good. I really like her. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I, I, you know, I, I keep questioning, how did Mamathma marry this guy that is a complete and total jerk? Now we find out they've been married since they were 15. Now I yep. know how she married a complete and total jerk. Because her family made her get married when she was 15 because she says it's like, yeah. back, she says it's our culture. Or she didn't say yeah. anything like then, but like she alludes to maybe it was back then, like they don't even maybe do it like that anymore yeah. or whatever, but yeah. Um, and we got to see Saul Guerrero in this episode. Oh, yes, we saw Saul Guerrero. We talked about this last week, right? Like Not how we ended up, I thought we were going to see him, but. We talked about whether he was in it, and you were like, yeah, Forrest Whitaker, yeah. Solar is in it, is it Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, yeah. And we see him, and I love Solar Guerrero, who's not breathing that stupid oxygen mask all the time. Yeah. It's one thing I really didn't like about the movie. Um, I also kind of really like that we have these two figures in the rebellion who 
who really don't agree, they talk, you know, we, we, their discussion lets us see how it's a really fractured group of, of rebels, of terrorists, whatever you want to call them, but the, these resistance cells are very independent and unwilling to work together. Um, Everybody's got their unlike, own views of the way to make it work. Yeah, unlike what we see by a, by the, by a New Hope, it's a completely unified rebellion, right? Well, yeah, like, and it all started with mostly. Well, it, it all started with Rogue One. Yeah, that's when the unification yeah. started. Yeah, I mean that part again—a story I didn't need to see, but it's making sense and it's leading. Like I can see how that leads to what happens in the future, not in the future, right. but in the things we've seen in the past, whatever, yeah. right? But hey, you know. Man, what a waste of my time! This, what a waste of time yeah. watching him in this in this prison, right? What a gigantic waste of time! You know what the best the the, the best part about the prison was? Uh, oh God, what's his name? Crap, the, the guy that's his, his his boss. Um, oh yeah, that guy. I don't. I forget his name. Uh, He's like, I have two hundred days left. Don't screw it up on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot that guy's name. Um, I have to look him up, right? He has a weird um, name too. So it's usually pretty easy to remember. <laughs> I can't think yeah. of what it is. But anyway, um, you know, but it's funny because I said, uh, I said to Artie, I was like, oh my god, I was like, they've been doing these three episode story arcs, which means we have another episode of Andor in prison doing nothing. I know it. It, it was a gigantic. It, it was it was just a gigantic waste of my hour. I felt like, right? Yeah. Um, I almost would prefer to see him go into prison, and then not see him for like an entire episode or two, and see him come yeah, right. out as like a as a hardened, like kind of radicalized whatever, right? Like, it, it was really kind of boring and it's really not the okay it's not the worst prison you could be sent to right like okay it's i wonder what they're building me too right they're building all these like they look like literally like cogs that match up with wheels right or there are wheels with cogs on the ends or whatever but they're these parts and i wonder if other you know there's all these rooms and floors and levels and whatever and is everyone building the same thing or other people building different parts? And you know, when you first arrived there, you could see all these little kind of islands in the water, right? Like, are they, like, if you took out that planet, could, is that the TIE fighter factory? Who knows, right? Um, yeah, right. But in terms of the, yeah, I mean, it. so they keep them barefoot so they can shock them, which is kind of genius, actually. Like, whoever thought of that, that's kind of horrible and torturous, but kind of a cool uh, story twist there. But we see him, like, learn. It's not really, look, you get to shower, you get clean clothes, you get your cell, you have to work 12 hours a day, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not like in Power of the Rings where they had to, like, work in a mine, or it's not like in Walking Dead where they're, like, I don't know what they're, I don't even know what they're doing in Walking Dead, but it's, you know, it's it's terrible, but it's not um, 
it also seems like you have to work really fast. And it, okay, so it's terrible that if you're the last place team, you get shocked and guys get depressed or whatever. But I've seen more abusive prisons. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, and his sentence is six years. Although it seems like that could change it any day and be made longer. But yeah, um, you know what's really you know what's really abusive it is is watching the Andor scenes. Yeah, like, he, right? he, annoys, like, he annoys me. I feel like they never give him enough. He just says too much or not enough. Like, yeah. And they're like, so, you know, so what'd you do? And he's like, nothing. That's his entire thing. Not nothing. Yeah. I was walking along the beach and these guys were running away and I was looking around because I was curious what the hell was going on. So because I was looking around, the security thought I was involved and I got sentenced here, you know? Uh, it just otherwise it just yeah. makes him sound like yeah you know what'd you do nothing I'm innocent oh yeah so is everybody yeah, you know everybody. what I mean like but I gotta I mean, say though the the guy the guy he said it to said without any more explanation he's like there's been a lot of that lately you know which is implying yeah. that people are you know Andor's case isn't singular you know it's they're imprisoning people left and right just because to. Show the they might are. Of the they empire. are. Although, I mean, that's problematic and ridiculous. Like, how many people can you imprison for no reason like that? Um, it becomes expensive, and you need to build more prison, right? Like, I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, be, only I say that because this is the first time I've seen the empire as a business and an office and people that worry about resources. Like we've always seen the right. empire as this sort of like limitless power with endless resources and endless money. But we actually have seen this as a, as an office where they're like, we're not putting any more money in that one guy. They're like, look, you're done. We're giving all your money and your responsibility to her instead. Right. Uh, I mean, they yeah. didn't really say it that way, but they're like, you're not so interested. She is. She's in charge, and I, and I feel like I get it. It's for intimidation, but but Ass was being like zero suspicious when they arrested him. Right? He was literally walking down the street, and they were like, "Yeah, but he was shifty. he he was being a little shifty." <laughs> well, yeah, he was being a little shifty. and he needed a better story than I'm a tourist, right? But but it does seem like how many people could they keep arresting like this before they? cannot house them, maybe they start executing them. I don't know. I mean, the Empire could do that well, also, right? I mean, like, maybe that's where we're like going. Mira has, but that's the thing is, like Mira has already figured out um, this is exactly what the rebels want because the more you oppress everybody, the easier it's going to get mm-hmm. for the people, you know, to convince people to join the rebellion, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's the only person who's like, so this is a bad quite, idea, we need to ease up. But to answer your question, how do you build more prisons? You get prisoners to build the prison. Maybe that's what they're building, <laughs> prison parts. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, do we think that we're going to – I mean, we can't have a six-year time jump. He's in prison for six years, but doesn't Rogue One take place in five years after this, right? Um I assume he's going to escape yeah. somehow. Like, we're not going to have, like, 
so we had a 30-day jump. Like, he goes into prison, and it says, like, whatever, and then his counter right. 30 days clocked off. And he's get, like, I wonder if, like, we're going to next week, it's going to be, like, six years later, and he gets out of prison, right? Like, that's not going to happen. I hope not. I, I really hope not, because there's too much going on for yeah. us to lose six years. A month here, yeah, a month there, that's my, fine. Yeah. yeah, my monster right. storyline, they'll, you know, I mean, you know, Mira's storyline, they got Vel and what's-her-face watching, still. yeah, trying to, fi- trying to figure out where he is. I mean, who knows? Maybe they end up figuring out where, you know, I, but that's the thing. Nobody knows where he is. The only person that might be able to give some kind of clue, and it's a very vague clue, is he went somewhere warm, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I don't see how it's anybody like, intentionally finds him. Like, there's got to be a prison break, I think, from somebody else. Like, somebody somebody that's in there, their friends or crew or whoever break them out and Andor gets out with them because he's there. Yeah. I don't. There's nobody that's going to know where he is to go there and yeah. get him. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that the Empire is looking for him, and he's in the one place they can't find him, their own system. Right. Well, yeah, that's because yeah. Him in their own system, they can never find him. Actually, that's kind of um, funny because you would think you would think even though he has the fake name, his face—I'm sure they have his face on his file. Right. Right. So that's kind of interesting. Well, you know what though? They probably haven't. You know, I, they, might ha- they might have to specifically look in the prison system to find them. Yeah. Yeah, and they might assume he hasn't been arrested. They might assume he's hiding somewhere, or like yeah. this is an example maybe of the. The Empire is such a huge bureaucracy that it's too large for any left hand to know what the right hand is doing kind of thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. I mean, yeah. They can't just go by six years go by because there's so much going on with no. No, Mira, with, with Mon Mothma trying to get her money. And now Lupin also wants to kill Cassandor, right? Um, because he knows too much and... I mean, so I, I think you're onto something. Maybe that's the way he gets out of prison. It would be a little bit deus ex machina, right? Like he just happens to get rescued by other people, but whatever. I still haven't seen the part where he becomes radicalized, becomes a rebel. Like to me, that's the missing part. Like I yeah. don't see anything that's happened in the last, how many we've watched now, five episodes. Um, six, I don't know watch that that show me how he's on a path to join up with Jyn or so in Rogue One. No, I and don't to know sacrifice, ultimately sacrifice his life for the rebellion, right? Like, that is not the guy that we see. Yeah, no. And quite honestly, <laughs> I don't see that guy in Rogue One sometimes either. Like, he's kind of... Yeah. He's... he's like, like That's what I want to see. I want to understand... I mean, in Rogue One he's already established as like one of the great people in the rebellion and they trust him so much that, you know, that, that the, the general sends him to murder her father, you know, and I mean, he, you know, of course, obviously ultimately he doesn't do it, but what is, you know, I, we have, we're not even close to that point. I feel in that character. Um, but I don't know. He's always, I, I actually it's funny because I've always felt I love Rogue One. I think it's a great. I thought it was one of the you know I better solo great, yeah. story you know Star Wars movies. 
Um, he's he's my probably my least favorite of the main cast. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's not. This is not a good uh, a good prequel to him, or not. I mean, it, you know, in the movie. He's supposedly been in the rebellion, I think, since he was a child, right? I mean, he's been in the rebellion. I think the movie is a little bit. I mean, he could be making up a story, or a, like there could be a legend of his, right? Um, well, what he says I mean, is he says he says something along the lines of, "I've been through a lot to get to where I am." I don't think he ever really says how long he's been in the re- rebellion. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. But you're right. He's my least favorite character also. I agree with you. He He's maybe the least interesting character. Um, and his storyline is not that good. And again, again, the, the show we want to see is The Office, Empire Edition. But even, yep. he, like, you know, I want to see, like, they gave us more Fiona. I'm surprised to see some of that when they, when they come down to Phoenix and they want to question um and we see Fiona Shaw, who is um, her character, I forget her name, but Cass's mother, and she's not healthy, and she's, she's, you know, they say she's a rebel, and she's trying to fight back, but she maybe is not um, mentally in the right space for that. And I was kind of surprised to see that. Like, I kind of thought when he left the planet, were we going to see these people? I don't know. I, I guess I was surprised to see so much characterization going on in this episode. They didn't just show up and torture people, but we saw, like, all this, like, family hmm. stuff going on. I don't know. This show, yeah. all right. and it's green-lighted for two, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's move it along right. to American Horror Story. I've watched all of it. Four episodes. Oh, all so have I. All four. Oh, my God. It's it's just boring. You know, I don't have anything against it, really. It's just, I think, we, you know, we talked a little bit about this in text messages. It's not, first of all, it's not the scariest show one since Murder House. There's nothing scary about it. I mean. Is that what they're saying? They're saying it's the scariest one since Murder House? Yeah. It's the least scary one of all of them, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally, I didn't really find ever. any of them scary, really, but. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just because of who I am. I mean, you know. But uh, the scariest I mean, one to I me was say, cult, right? But yeah, um, yeah, that was cult was good. But anyway, um, it's like you know, you start out and like there's all these different threads, and it's like I'm like, wait a minute, there's two serial killers at the same time hunting yeah, the same yeah. people. I'm like, wait, right? are they connected though? Kind of, you know, then they have the whole thing with the doctor and the deer, and I'm like. What does this have to do with anything? Of course, then we you know work our way around to that where, you know, the government conspiracy where they created the virus and they used ticks to transport or, it as a delivery system, and then it got and then it got out, and that's why all your deer are dying. Okay, so the government created a virus to kill the gay people, um, and these two serial killers are also killing gay people. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I, and I don't really like any of the characters. I don't feel like any of the characters are that likable um, other mm-hmm. than maybe Adam. Adam and Gino, you know, are about maybe Adam the only two likable characters. Yeah. 
And Gino reminds me. Gino reminds me a lot of Daniel in in Interview with the Vampire, right? He's also an abrasive, crotchety old man. But you know, but but you know, but Gino, I can kind of get because he is is an older gay man, and he's been living under a rock for you know with the scrutiny for so long, and you know, I mean, and I you know, and he's very passionate about you know doing something, you know, it's like, you can't expect change without being part of the change, you know? So I kind of, I get him, you know, he's very grizzled. Um, You know, it's kind of fun to watch Adam come around, but everybody else is just terrible. You know, Patrick is just, I mean, I I love that scene with Patrick and Gino um, when Gino's like, I can't do this anymore. He's like, you only do something good right before you're about to get caught. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. that's actually really true. <laughs> I was like, the only yeah. thing he's come, come, told the truth is right before he, you know, as, as he's getting accused of lying. <laughs> like, that's pretty astute. Um, you know, so Patrick's really not a likable character. Um, I feel like they're wasting um, what's-her-face as yeah. his ex-wife. Um, oh yeah, um, no, Zachary, uh, Zachary Quinto. I don't, I don't like the character, but Zachary Quinto is Zachary Quinto is nailing it. That type of character, it's a, it's a stereotypical character, but he is killing it. He is so swarming. I love it. But you know, you know, obviously, I don't like the character because you're not supposed to like the character. But he is killing it. Zachary Quinto is doing an amazing job as that character. And that's the other thing I can't figure out, like. Clearly, Big Al or Big Dave or Big Ben or whatever the hell his name is, the the guy with the you Big know Daddy, with the leather mask, Big Daddy. Big Daddy, Big Daddy. He clearly works for that for Zachary Quinto's character. So is he telling him to go out and kill people? Is he doing it on his own? Like what? You know, can't figure that one out. So there's, so, there's just too put, many threads. I'm gonna put a pin in that for a second, Big Daddy. Um, I. Yeah, so it's it's not scary at all. Um, you know, the idea. So there's not seems to be nothing supernatural right now about it, which is usually something that we see in in most seasons, except maybe cult. And um, there's nothing that's scary about the serial killer. Um, I do, you know. Either one so, of them. I'm not a gay man. I was not a gay man in the 80s. I don't want to speak for people. But I feel like, you know, they've set this in a way that almost all of the gay characters, they're all gay, right? Pretty much every character. Everyone's, there's no one who's not gay except the wife, except Leslie Grossman's character, um, the wife. Um, They're all into, like, the bonded scene and and other kinds of scenes, right? Except for maybe Adam. Adam does express at some point, like, that he just wants to, like, maybe go out for coffee. <laughs> um, yeah. And and there's a, you know, I mean, I guess there's a previous, like, gee, they're, they're characterizing all gay people as part of this and, and into this. Um, you know, Patrick in particular seems to be pretty aggressively violent in that scene where he meets up with a guy in the basement and he and he's hitting him with the with the kind of nine tails. Kind of nine tails, and he seems to really be like angry in that 
in it. Um, and there's all this going on, and, and you know, but I think by setting it in 1981, they set it at a time, you know, we see a lot of, of anti-gay stigma. Oh, yeah. um, and I feel like they set it at a time when a lot of people assumed that all gay people were deviant and were into, like, they, they, like in 1981, maybe a lot of people didn't think that gay people had a normal loving relationship, right? So I think by setting it in 81, they're able to set it in this. And also in 81, you know, gay people were marginalized and, and were not, you, there there wasn't like a mainstream gay bar that you could go to, right? Like, that was just, well, like, I mean, like, to, like, like, I go to gay to bars once fair, in a while now, right? Because they're good bars. To be To be fair, it, this is New York City, so <laughs> it, it's you know, and and, and don't forget, yeah. this is this is a, a a gay man writing this show, creating this show. <laughs> so I know, he, I know, you're around, right, you're right. And he, and he was around, and he was around in 1981, so maybe he knows something we don't. <laughs> maybe it's not that far off. I don't know. I guess, and I, I don't mean to criticize it because about gay representation because I'm not qualified to speak about gay representation. I guess I'm speaking about character representation where they've said it yeah. in this kind of niche community, right? It's in a niche community. Um, I get also in the 80s, nobody I, – I, I think it's believable that the police didn't care if gay people were killed. Oh, or yeah. that doctors were like, whatever, you got a weird disease, whatever, you're gay. Um, you probably caught it and you probably deserve it, right? That shit was going on then. Um, uh, but I guess I, I guess I – I mean, you and I talked before this season even started about, like, did they set it in this community just to get, just to make the story a little more outre, right? Like, Mm. could there be a serial killer going after gay people in New York in 1981 and we didn't have to have scenes of a man in a cage or of a man like being another man like is that is that important to the story or is that pandering to the audience I don't know I have not yet seen so for me, for me the story is not that interesting or compelling I don't feel like I need to see like like that is not contributing to making it scarier or making it more interesting. Like someone's preying on gay people and they don't have to be in this, right? Like now we, like also like there's this weird performance art with cat. Everybody's dressed like, like colonial people, but they're all holding cats. And like, I mean, it was kind of whatever. I don't know. I, I guess I just feel like the setting is not contributing to the drama for me. Is that right? Right. Well, I think a big thing is, like I said, there's so many threads and it's kind of all over the place. And I feel like it's slowly knitting together, but I'm not yeah. there yet that I go, okay. You know, like it wasn't until this last episode, episode four, that the connection is being made that uh, this virus on the island well, is, yeah. is the same, you know, is what's these rashes that all these people are getting. Um, and so that's, so that's like a real thing that in the early days of the HIV epidemic, yeah. 
people believed, and people still believe, that the government created it to kill gay people and black people, right? Yeah. Uh, mostly gay people, right? So that's a – but this seems to be going in a direction that maybe it's real. Like, okay, so Sandra Bernhardt's character talks about it. She tells Billy Lord's character – um, and I, I need to know their real names, but you, they're hard to find. I can't remember the characters' names. Well, on IMDb, they all have their old character names or whatever. Um, but Sandra Bernhardt, she comes across as a little bit of a kook, but she seems to have information. Billy well, Lord, it's Sandra this seems to be, <laughs> This seems to be a little – this is not HIV, right? This is a disease that right. – Seems to flare up almost immediately when you're exposed to it. This is this is not a yeah. this is not HIV. This is like a, a different thing where the show is going with this. Um, yeah. I yeah. So Big Daddy. So I watched the four episodes pretty quickly. Not in a, I didn't sit down and watch for four straight hours, but I watched the four episodes like over a couple of days. Um, and there was a point where I thought. Big Daddy real? Could Big Daddy be supernatural? Could he be a ghost? Could he be a demon? Could he be... Because mm. people saw him and then they turn around and he's not there, right? Um, and But when when Fred, Freddy, when Freddy goes into... Um, I forget Zachary Quinto's character's name, but the boyfriend is Theo. When he goes into their apartment, when he, when he goes in to meet Zachary Quinto like Big Daddy standing outside the door, right? but he didn't speak. Like, Big Daddy never speaks to anyone. But in the last episode, I felt like he he has, like, I started to believe that he's real, that he's reactive more like a real person. I don't know. Well, he said, he, well, he, I mean, he's the one that set the uh, the club on fire. Oh, right, right. That's and, when I started to think he was real. Right, you're right. And the guy, and the guy, and the guy that comes out of the cage, um, he sees him when he comes up. He's like, please don't do anything. Let me leave. I just want to get out of here. And, and Big Daddy steps aside and lets him go. Sta- well, it, 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 he just stands against the wall. He doesn't even move. <laughs> but do you get why so, I thought he maybe was not a real, like he was not yeah, real, I know. Like I, that he was supernatural? You, you, saying that, you saying that now, I totally get it. The thought never crossed my mind, though. I like, I like it. I almost wish that that's where they went with it. That would have been kind of cool. Because it's weird because, like, yeah, and it's weird because, like, I don't know which deaths are his, if he's even responsible for any, and then the other guy that was in Vietnam, you know, the guy with the glasses. Oh, yeah, that, he's definitely because, a killer. I mean, he's because, definitely a killer. Right, but it's, but it's, but who's killed who? Like, the right. the pilot, in the, the, uh, the, you know, the airline pilot, when he's murdered in the very beginning of the first episode, you see Big Daddy, and then you see him decapitated. But we don't yeah. know. Did Big Daddy kill him? Did, did, I mean, hell, is Big Daddy killing anybody? Is he or is Big Daddy co- co- taking people, bringing them back to Zachary Quinto, and Zachary Quinto's doing it? Yeah. You know? There was a scene where because somebody was walking. Maybe it was. We still haven't Sorry. seen. Um, I don't remember Adams. Adams' roommate that disappeared. We still have. He's still uh, not been found. His name is like Sully so or Murphy or yeah, that guy's been missing since episode one. He's been yeah, he's still technically missing. Right, that's what I'm saying. His body has never been found, but that was again. But Big Daddy was the one we see in that instance, not the other guy who we don't have a name for. 
The Mai Tai killer. Um, the only, the Mai Tai killer. And the only yeah. person we've seen him kill, <clears throat> the only person we've seen the Mai Tai killer kill was the guy right in the bar, which is weird because his MO changed because he drugged uh, Gino, took right. Gino back to his house and was going to do all kinds of kooky shit to him. But then, right. But so he lets him go. But then the other guy, he kills right in the bar, just stabs him in the neck. Like who changes their MO like that? No, people exactly. Serial and serial killers do not change their MO pretty much, right? They're like, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not a agent, but but the what we know from watching TV is that they stick with their MO. Yeah. There's a scene where I think it's Adam. Somebody's walking down the street and they see Big Daddy on the sidewalk walking towards them, and they freak out and they run away. Right? Is that Adam? I'm not sure. Remember that scene? No. And that's that was. Billy was a doctor. Oh, what's it, Billy Lord? Yes, she's in Central Park, right? It's Billy Lord, yeah. No, no, no. no. She's in Central Park. No, Wasn't somebody it? sees him on the. Somebody sees him on the sidewalk. No, yeah, she, yeah, 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 yeah. She, oh, oh, you're, okay, she's talking about a different scene, because she sees him in Central Park when she's meeting Sandra Bernhard. Yeah, yeah. Somebody sees him on the sidewalk, because, I forget who it is, but I remember this because it's stuck in my head that I'm like, okay, oh, now I really think he's not visible. The guy, because... the guy that found, the guy that was deteriorated in bed, one okay. of the performance art guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees Big Daddy on the street, right? And that's when I was like, okay, is he really just walking around New York City dressed like this, like with with the leather mask and like, you know, I, yeah. I, I, that that's another scene that I was like, is he really there? Like, come on, is he really walking down <laughs> like he's he's on the Lower East Side walking around dressed like this? You know, not for nothing, uh-huh. Karen. You you could still be right. I mean, maybe he is like, and people might see him. But it doesn't mean that he's um, flesh and bone, you yeah. know? He could be a demon. He I could mean, be look, an apparition. Look at Mur- I mean, look at Murder yeah. House. Murder yeah. House, half the cast that we dealt with were dead. Right. <laughs> so. Well, and Theo, you know, so so Theo asks Zachary Quinto, whose name I can't remember, and he says, uh, this guy, Big Daddy, who I photographed, and he's like, oh, I heard he's dead. And then Theo tells yeah. Adam, oh, I heard he's dead. And there's this rumor going around that Big Daddy is dead. Like, maybe Big Daddy really is dead, but he's still among us in some way. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just hoping for a supernatural component to the show because it's so... Hey, I'll be happy for it. I hope you're right, Karen. I hope you're right. It's, it's kind of boring, right? And, and and I hate to say right now, that a show that's about a... Go ahead. Yeah. Right now. Well, I was uh, just going to say, and then. Well, I'll shut up. <laughs> I can say that a show that's about a serial killer going after and about, like, like, like a marginalized community, gay people being killed, and about a potential disease going around, like, that it's boring, but it's kind of boring, right? Yeah. And you're going to. You know what's ahead. funny? Oh, first I'll say the thing about uh, American Horror Story. Um, I just remembered the scene where the two performance art guys, they're following the Mai Tai killer 
and, and into his building. So that, that's going to be the next episode. We're going to find out what happened oh, yeah. with that. <laughs> that and that shit was hilarious. When he, when he held the elevator, he's like, oh, I almost missed you guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh he knew they were falling the whole time. Well, yeah, they're knew dead. That was an idiotic um, move. But, but what I was going to say is that I really find, uh, every week I find comical on, on our little podcast here. Because we don't realize it as we're talking, but there's, I, you know, there's clearly a delay between the three of us, which is how sometimes we start talking over each other. <laughs> and then I yeah. love it because you're like, you're like, you're like, go ahead. And I say, go ahead, but there's that delay. So you hear, go ahead. So you start to go ahead, but then I hear, go ahead. So I... <laughs> right. And then we're all, and we have like the same, and we have like the same wait period where we try and let the other person go and we're like, oh, I guess we're not going to. And we start to talk and then we, we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yes. Because on a slightly more professional podcast, I would probably control the switchboard, mute everybody, and then you'd say, let's go to Karen. What do you think? And we wouldn't all, we wouldn't be possible to talk at that time. Our, our show wouldn't be I mean, any I, fun if we did that. No, we got to be freeform. We got to be able to express ourselves and talk when the mood strikes us, right? Yep. We gotta do. But that. anyway. Anyway, um, I'm. All right. I think that I'm, wraps this us is, up. To me, a disappointing season so far. Yes, I've seen this before, but yeah. it's a ten episodes, yeah. so we're, we're you know. All right, we have a We're gonna be more than halfway through by next week. Yeah. So. Alrighty. All right. So, um. Next week, we have the same lineup. All these shows are on again next week. And um, Manifest. Plus, we're adding Manifest. We're adding Manifest next week. Yep. Which so, means we need to tighten it up a little. No no talking about The Walking Dead for, for 35 minutes. Well, you know, in the beginning of the episode <laughs> of the podcast, we thought we were trying to kill a little time to let you join. And yeah. That's not that's, that's um, right. I'm just kidding. Also, we only have three more. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll tighten up a little bit, so... And we, we'll, I'll be all cut up. We don't have to, you know, rehash stuff. So, all right. Oh, wow. This is funny. Um, I'm looking at the – never mind. Um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Karen, a pleasure right. as always. Talk always. to you next week. Yep. Have a good week. Have a good night. Thank you, everybody. Good night.